Louder! Thrill me. Black as midnight on a moonless night. Bitches leave. Groovy. Fucking hold up, hold up. Well, then there, motherfucker! It's got a death curse. Let's fuck! I'll fuck anything that moves! <laughs> Let's show this prehistoric bitch how we do things downtown. Forever deep, bitch! <laughs> Oh, damn enchiladas! These guys were laughing. Recording live from the Black Lodge, it's me, the free will burning, head turning, ass kicking, machismo dripping, master podcasting, mouthpiece of the Southeast, uncontested superstar of the airwaves, and your reigning and defending podcast champion of the world. Brandon A. Lane bringing you a special edition of the Rants from the Black Lodge podcast. Now, here on the podcast, we love horror movies. We love heavy metal. We love big-breasted women with loose morals and low standards. But surprisingly, despite the fact that oftentimes it is continually unwatchable crap, damned we still love professional wrestling. Many a night here in the Black Lodge has been spent debating who's better, Hulk Hogan or Ric Flair. Well, obviously it's Ric Flair. Uh, Shawn Michaels or Bret Hart, <laughs> Bret Hart, uh, WCW or the WWF, eh, they, they both sucked, but that's just one humble man's opinion. However, one boiling question has been asked time and time again with no clear answer, and that changes tonight, because the Rent Army, we're going to be wrestler by wrestler, whittling down an all-star roster to decide which superstar that never held the world title that was most deserving of that spot with the belt should have. Wrestler by wrestler, each panelist will have two minutes to argue their pick, and the wrestler with the most votes will advance in the tournament until there is only one man left standing to win But first, here's some messages from our sponsors. Yuki and John's Patreon Buffet. Hello, everyone. Good evening, and welcome to Yuki and John's Patreon Buffet short form trailer. We're here to tell you as fast as we can in under two minutes what we're doing. Okay. What are we doing, Yuki? What are we doing? Yeah. Yuki, we only have a minute and a half left. Oh, okay. okay, so this is what we're doing. We started a Patreon. It's me and Yuki Nakamura. Uh, we're from the last drive-in with Joe Bob Briggs. We work on that yes. show. We're joining forces, me and Yuki. Yes. And we're going to do all sorts of stuff. We have uh, Yuki celebrity stories. Yuki has met over 50 celebrities, right? Yes. Who's the weirdest celebrity you ever met? Weird. Gary, Gary Busey? Gary Busey. See? Busey. So he weird. Was so weird. He yeah. was weird. So if the you China want... was weird. And China, the wrestler, was weird. So if you want to know why those people are weird... You gotta come and tune in to Yuki and John's Patreon Buffet Because already we have so many shows We have Yuki Celebrity Stories We've got the universe and human stupidity Where Yuki and I study the universe yes. from the standpoint of human stupidity Because, you know, we're not that smart But we're not that stupid We're in the middle We're like mediocre right. No one human being Then we have a video series Are Yuki Hungry Tonight? Which is a cooking show I'm always hungry yeah. Then we also have Yuki Reacts. We show him videos from the right. internet. Yeah, I also put Yuki in a coffin and I interviewed him about life and death. I we, we do it so many things on this buffet. Yuki and John's Patreon buffet. John and Yuki. Oh, John and Yuki. This is the trailer. And uh, hey, guys, please help because uh, we're starving. Yes. Yuki and John's Patreon buffet.
torturous preliminary debate trying to whittle down the roster, we came to the obvious decision and narrowed our scope to 16 legends who, despite their immense success in the professional wrestling field, were never able to achieve the top prize of the world's heavyweight championship, but easily could have. I'm your host, Brandon A. Lane, and joining me tonight are my good friends, and that's debatable, sometimes my enemies, the host of Wrestling Recommendations. Please welcome Titty Flippin' Travis Laster and Stank Dick Eddie. Hey! Only reason we're enemies is because you won't defend your fucking belt against me, you piece of shit. People that listen to this podcast uh, know who the real deal is, Travis, so you're in enemy territory right now, buddy. Oh, I'm the underdog and I'll win from the bottom. He's a heel! He's a heel! Before we get into this uh, behemoth of a tournament, we have the Wrestle Ranch Rumble. I would like for you guys to talk about what qualities you believe a world champion should have and what qualifications that we're going to be applying to the our choices throughout this tournament. What what things are you specifically looking for in a world champ any potential world champion? Eddie? Work rate. I think marketability, the way that they look. And um, if they get heat or not, depending on if most of these guys, kind of judging from our list, most of these guys are heels. Uh, there's a good hung. Well, it's about half and half. But same thing, if they're a babyface, are they going to draw? And also, if they're a heel, would they bring enough heat to see someone chase them for that title belt? Travis? I agree with that. I, I think work rate is a big, big to do with that. But also, you got to be able to talk me into the building, too. Like, I, a lot of these guys on our list can do that. I mean... Um, we'll say the you know competitors till the uh, official rounds here, but you, you got to be able to talk me in the building. You got to be able to have some realism in your wrestling. You got to be able to work with everyone too. Um, you can't just have that one style that you know. Ric Flair is a world champion. Everybody talks about, but he could work with anyone, any style, anywhere, any country. Uh, he's the prototypical world champion. I know Brandon just got a fucking boner with me saying I that. I just but. tipped the desk over. <laughs> he could, it was impressive. He could work with Mil Mascaris. <laughs> Before we started recording, we were watching uh, WCCW uh, Star Wars 1981, oh. and the ring announcer was uh, doing a poor job of announcing poor Mil Mascaris's name. Mil Mascaris. <laughs> but overall, man, a lot of what Eddie said, you know, just they got to be able to have that match with everyone, and I, I believe a lot of the competitors on this list meet that criteria. But they got to be able to. Can they work baby? Can they work heel? Like you know, what's going to happen with that too? So it'd be interesting to see our uh, our arguments here. Sweet mullets, 
Awesome, <laughs> awesome mustaches. Dad bods. Um, dad bods. How uh, much puss could they get after the show? Yeah. How much? How how long can they go without taking a shower and still slay puss? Uh, yeah. Mm, well, I'm gonna say Bruiser Brody and JYD are out on that one. Dude, JYD pounded puss <laughs> on the reg, dude, up until he died. It said thump on his ass, <laughs> so you know he knows thumping that puss. Get them, them cakes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we do have some some other criteria. And we're going to uh, unfortunately give the short end of the staff to the AWA on this. We're it isn't that the AWA was not recognized as being a world title, but uh, the world title and the specifically one of our competitors who held it, he held it at a point where it was not uh, super relevant to the overall landscape of professional wrestling. But also, we're not going to allow anybody from ECW. That's just not where I, you know, that, that to me, ECW was never a world title. Right. Um, so basically, uh, if you were WCW champion, WCW, uh, NWA, NWA, uh, WWF, or, you know, or I guess if you want to say more contemporarily WWE. So those are our criteria and we're going to do our best to point out the relevancy of these people and, uh, battle them against one another. Now we've all been briefed on the rules and we've agreed to abide by the decisions of each round. No arguing over the top of one another, just concise debate. So first up in the qualifying round, we have painstakingly whittled down the roster to just a sweet 16. So without further ado, let's get ready to kick off our qualifying round. All right, Travis, I need you to put two minutes on the clock. Or Eddie, you can do it. Eddie, you're going up first. All right. In the impressive bout of William Regal versus Jimmy Snuka, who you got? Oh, this is an easy one for me. I'm going to pick the guy that's not murdered anybody, just because that's a quality of mine that I wouldn't want as a uh, world champion. Uh, I got to pick William Regal. Work rate. Regal is one of those guys, he's like a flair. You could put him in there with anybody. He could have a technical match. He could work a high flyer. Um, he could work a, a, a bruiser, a brawling style. See any match he had with Finley, which is fucking fantastic. And uh, I think overall, overall work rate alone, William Regal as a chicken shit heel, sneaking out a win as a, as a world champion, I would be sold in. Jimmy Snuka, however, I mean, he... he Definitely had his era where he was over, but to me, Snuka would never be the well-rounded guy to be a world champion. William Regal, to me, would be the well-rounded guy to carry your company on, and I only need a minute for that. All right, I will be going next. Two minutes on the clock. Let me know when to go. Go. Oh. All right, uh, I agree with a lot of the points you made, Eddie, but I'm going to have to put this into perspective, and let's talk about what we got going on here. I will be picking alleged murderer Jimmy Snuka, uh, 1996 Hall of Fame inductee, uh, 2012 Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame inductee, was voted Tag Team of the Year with Terry Gordy in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter in 1981, was voted Best Flying Wrestler in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter in 1981, won Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Match of the Year in 1982, that was in the cage against Bob Backlund, won Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Most Popular Wrestler of the Year in 1982. In June of 1984, Snuka engaged in a blood feud with Roddy Piper, Piper's Pit, hit him with a coconut. That's one of the biggest moments in the wrestling uh, history of wrestling. He started the Undertaker's streak 
at WrestleMania, WrestleMania 7, Snuka was a huge draw. And people forget this. But had it not been for Hogan defecting from AWA, more than likely Jimmy Snuka would have been the top guy that uh, Vince anchored the company to. He was white hot during that period. So when you say you, this is probably not the guy to put your company on, if they're going to do it with you know guys like Billy Graham, they're going to do it with a Jimmy Snuka who was light years better of a performer. Hogan wasn't a great worker. We're not talking about the NWA title here. We're talking about the WWF title. So I think if they wanted to make Jimmy Snuka a star uh, on that national level, they could have. How long could they have done it? That's the question. I personally would rather see William Regal as champion, but I think the the better financial decision, which is I'm going to put this uh, pin in the hat right here, Jimmy Snuka, I yield my time. Ooh, you have 10 seconds left. All right. Travis, two minutes on the clock. Uh, easy choice here. It's William Regal. Fuck you, Brandon. Um, sorry, but I don't want an alleged murderer as my world champion either. I, I, all joking aside, I will not uh, undercut the uh, popularity of Jimmy Snuka in the early 80s. He was probably arguably the number two babyface behind Hogan in the early WWF or WWF. Um, but his promo skills were lacking. He sucked with Buddy Rogers. Sorry, uh, that just did not work for, on any level. Buddy Rogers looked like he hated Jimmy Snuka every time they went out there. Uh, no deny, no denying that he could get the uh, the the heel and babyface dynamic over very well. Roddy Piper, you mentioned that. I mean, it's a big thing. Um, but man, I just don't think he could work with everybody. I think he was more of a chaser, not a not a champion. Uh, William Regal, I feel like he could work with anyone. He's got the gift of gab. He doesn't need a manager. Um, he doesn't need a second. But when he did have uh, Bill Dundee and WCW, they were a great little uh, item there. And I feel like he could be a tag team or anything. But, I mean, as a world champion, I feel like he would go out there, get the heat on the baby face, a la Ric Flair, and um, and put those guys over with sneaking out the win. So I feel like that would be the guy that I would think would win this round. Um, I yield my time. All right, unless anybody is going to be swayed by my argument, uh, Jimmy Snuka will be eliminated, and William Regal will be proceeding in this tournament. That's one less murderer on the on the bracket now. <laughs> well, fair enough. But in, in the time he would have been world champion, he right. had not committed the murder yet. Or had he? If he, if he would have won the title, how many more murders would he have had? What's his shirt? What's your shirt say? Alleged murder. <laughs> Lady killer. Allegedly. Exactly. All right. All right. Round two. Travis is going to be taking us out uh, uh, from the get-go. And um, this is a pretty heavy hitty, uh, hitty, or I can talk right now. This is a heavy hitter of what-ifs. We have Owen Hart going up against David, Vaughn, Eric. Travis, two minutes on the clock. Um, I'm going to go with Owen Hart. I know th- I know how popular Von Erichs were. I know how close David Von Erich was to being a world champion, allegedly, before he went over to Japan and did a bunch of cocaine and died. But, um, I mean, that's what they the rumor is, you know, unless you agree with the rumor that he had some intestine bust or something, which is bullshit. But um, I think Owen Hart was a total package. Um, he was he could work as a heel. Uh, even his early babyface stuff wasn't terrible. Um, but I you never really got to see Owen as a babyface a lot, so we don't know exactly how that would have worked when he became super popular. But um, Owen as a heel man, I really feel like they missed a boat on him in in '94 with Brett. 
Um, I know we on Wrestling Ruin, our old podcast, we used to talk about how it could have been him instead of Backlund. Um, but I just think Owens, Owens, that total package, not discounting David Von Erich. He was super over. Um, but I feel like he was the, the lumbering, uh, mid giant kind of guy that would have, wouldn't have been able to really carry the belt for a long time. I, I think he was better on the chase as well. I mean, most of the baby faces were at this time. I mean, they would get their moment in the sun, but it's like a dusty roads. You, you win it for three days and then you lose it kind of thing because the money's not in him being the champion. It's in being the, in the chase. Um, so I'm going to go with Owen Hart and I yield my time. Ooh. All right. I'm up next. Two minutes on the clock. Go. Believe it or not, Travis, I'm going to agree with you. Owen Hart, I think was the, uh, more obvious choice. And simply because, uh, I do think that there was an opportunity to, probably put the belt on him a couple of times and uh they did not do that um with david i i think he absolutely could have been champion he would have been champion but there would have been more money in him chasing although i'm going to disagree with you t- to a point because i think he could have been a fantastic heel um provided uh it was not in the dallas area because he could have committed murder there and they would have cheered him but let's talk about owen hart inducted into the luthes hall of fame in 2018 one pro wrestling illustrated's rookie of the, rookie of the year in 1987 one pro wrestling illustrated's feud of the year against his brother brett in 1994 in 1994 he was ranked number 10 in the pwi 500 uh, as a part of the Hart foundation he won wrestling nurse observer newsletters feud of the year against steve austin He's a one-time WWF European Champion, two-time WWF Intercontinental Champion, four-time WWF Tag Team Champion with Yokozuna, Davey Boy Smith, and Jeff Jarrett, 1994 King of the Ring. So I think there was two periods you could have foreseeably put the title on him. One was during his feud with Bret, even if it was a short period. And the one to me that's more egregious is right after the Montreal Screwjob. I think you had a, a gold opportunity there to give... Owen, a really short but monumental moment where he could have been uh, a great baby face. And then you could have moved, uh, take the belt right back off of him and then move right back into Michaels and and Stone Cold. But it is what it is. But still, I think that uh, Owen had charisma and he could have been a fantastic champion as a heel or as a baby face. I yield my time. Ooh, you were cutting it close there, buddy. Oh. All right, Eddie, two minutes on the clock. It's the obvious choice. I've got to agree with both of you guys. Pretty much everything you guys said, I agree with, with Owen Hart. Owen Hart, 94 Owen Hart. Think about the run that he had. They have the match. Brett and Owen have the match with the Steiner brothers, which is fucking fantastic that people do not talk about. Uh, you have the match at the Royal Rumble. He kicked his leg out of his leg. That's the most influential um moment of 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 all that feud of him turning heel wrestlemania he beats brett at wrestlemania in the opening match still regarded to me as probably the best opening match at wrestlemania um it can always kind of be debated but to me it's still the best opening match ever at wrestlemania and then you roll right into king of the ring and he has three great matches he has one of the best under like eight minute matches with the one two three kid and then goes out there and has a a 10 out of 10 steel cage match at SummerSlam with Bret Hart. It is almost a disservice that Owen Hart never got to hold the title. 
he easily could have been slotted into where Bob Backlund was. He could have, they could have done some chicken shit stuff with him and Anvil where he puts Brett in the sharpshooter. Brett gets knocked out and he, he can't, no one will throw the towel in. Anvil convinces Helen to throw the towel in. Owen wins the title, drops it like two days later to Diesel. I would have been okay with that and it would have worked and it, he would have recovered instantly because that's how good of a wrestler and a heel that he was. Uh, definitely. You know, like you said too, Brandon, in 97, how you don't put the title on him or even give him a main event match against Shawn Michaels for the title is, is, a, is a crime. But in this scenario, David Von Erich was only over in world class. And to me, I don't think he would have made that big of a difference as the NWA champion throughout the other territories other than Dallas. All right, guys. Sorry, David, just like uh, your exploding stomach scenario, uh, you were left DOA in this tournament. Uh, proceeding, we will have Owen Hart. I will say that Brandon is a coward for not putting Bruce on this uh, <laughs> this tournament, because he would have won the whole damn thing. We can we can put him in. Do you, you want him to take uh, William Tucker's Regal's spot? No, no I was going to say, if, if King Kong Bundy was on here, we'd still replace his fat ass. I don't even talk about him being on this list. <laughs> All right, round number three. Oh. And I'm going to be starting this one out. <coughs> and this is This one's hard. This is a tough one. All right, guys. Two minutes on the clock. You want to talk about what, what, it, what it is? I just, just hit it, and I'll, I'll intro with it. Two of the biggest stars of all time, especially from the 80s and 90s, Jake Roberts and Rick Rude. My God, 1991, uh, Jake Roberts was ranked number 23 in the PWI 500. I, this is hard for me because Rick Rude in some ways was a world champion, but he really didn't get to be world champion. But the reason I'm going to choose Jake Roberts is because of all the peripheral stuff, because he was a money-making machine in terms of promotional items. And he had the gimmick stuff around him that was going to secure him as a John Cena-level babyface had they wanted to go that direction with him. Inducted into the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame in 2020, inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2014, his finishing maneuver, the DDT, in my opinion, is the greatest in the history of wrestling. When done properly, it is devastating, and it looks fucking fantastic. If done legitimately, ask Ricky Steamboat what it does. It cracks your fucking head and makes it swell up to the size of a watermelon. Um, the DDT was so over that when he used it against Hulk Hogan on an episode of The Snake Pit that thankfully, for business sake, did not go nationwide the crowd turned against Hogan, and they cheered for him. He had an opportunity right there to kind of propel himself, but he knew his spot. He was the guy that worked for the guy to get to Hogan. Um, the Snake. The greatest uh, side thing probably ever in the history of wrestling. That Snake garnered more attention uh, for him than him just being himself. So it's the one time where wrestling and entertainment cross-section, it was perfect. Uh, the... Cobra, best moment in the history of wrestling. I yield my time. This is really, this is one of the ones that are super tough. Travis, two minutes on the clock. Oh, man. <sighs> man, uh, these two guys are actually synonymous with each other. They had a hell of a feud over Jake's wife throughout the late 80s, uh, Cheryl. 
Uh, I remember when Rick Rude came out with her on his dick and he was just swiveling around like, hey, look at her face on my, my penis. Um, man, I, I hate to agree with Brandon here because when I went into this, I was like, Rick Rude all the way. But like, I listened to Brandon's argument and I'm not going to lie. Um, Jake Roberts could play face or heel. We never really saw Rick Rude as a baby face. Um, I mean, he was working on it in his late WCW run before he was injured. Him and Vader were about to have a feud. Um, and, and no, no doubt about it, Rick Rude is a heel's heel. Um, he had the look. He had the gift of gab. When he had Bobby Heenan, he had a manager that could compliment him. Um, not, I can't say enough good about Rick Rude. Like, he is one of my favorite heels of all time. His interest theme was great. His swiveling of the hips was great. His rubs were great. His airbrush tights were great. But Jake Roberts, man, he could pull you in with a promo, whether it was babyface or heel. He could talk people in the arena. Uh, he was arguably more popular than Hogan at times in the late 80s, but they never pulled the trigger on him. He was always the guy that, like you said, that you beat to get to Hogan. Um, or he would have a feud with, you know, Andre the Giant and, and, and make Andre look good. And the snake was a big part of his presentation. He was over with, uh, kids, adult males, adult females. Like everybody loved Jake's, Jake Roberts. I gotta, I gotta say adult females here because, you know, we don't want to get any Grizzly Smith things going on here. Oh, uh, fuck. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, Jake Roberts, man, uh, even with the heel with the Cobra, him and Randy Savage, the whole thing with Miss Elizabeth. He could have been a champion then instead of Slaughter. I mean, I really think he had an opportunity to be champion as babyface or heel, and they just never pulled that trigger. Heel my time. All right, Eddie, two minutes on the clock. However, I believe that both of you make a great argument here. I have to say Rick Rude. Rick Rude simply for the fact that I like my champion as a heel because I feel like you make the most money with a heel champion and a babyface chasing them. Now, in that respect, I completely agree with what you guys are saying. Jake was over. And I almost feel like he's the first guy on this list so far that he was so over, he did not need a title belt at all. He had the merch sales. Giving him the title belt almost to me would be trivial because he didn't need it. And like I said, out of so, so far out of everybody that we've had, that's the one guy to me that did not need the title. However, Rick Rude as a chicken shit heel sneaking by to get a title, just like Owen Hart, I'm sold on that. I will buy tickets to see that guy, that guy who talks shit to the crowd get his ass beat. And I want to see him lose. And he sneaks by like, oh, God damn it, I want to fucking see him lose. And yeah, I agree. <laughs> but <laughs> fuck you, Brandon. However, I mean, you guys already got this decision, but here's an also another another take of mine, and uh, this is kind of like personally for me. I like to see my champion wearing a title belt, and Jake Roberts' fat ass could not wear a title belt. And to me, he already is carrying out the fucking snake. Is he going to carry out the title belt? Is he going to carry out the snake? I don't like that. That's more me, not more than anything else. But I think the title belt, especially the WWF title belt, on Rick Rude's waist would have looked fucking phenomenal. And I think he would have done gangbuster business with everybody. I yield my time. All right, guys. Based simply off the arguments, would anybody like to change their change their tune on this? 
I'm going to change my mind. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I was on the fence about this, but the way Eddie put it over that Jake really didn't need the title. He was over without it. He drew money without it. So I want to want to point out really quick, too, because Brennan put on his phone, whole thing is we're going to interrupt anybody. He put Hogan didn't need the title either. And I agree with that. I think, especially after his first run, Hogan did not need a title belt at all to be over. I think you could have... Point and point, Savage being champion, Hogan didn't need the title then, and no, he didn't after then either. So, go on, Travis. I'm sorry. Oh, everybody, um, <coughs> I was just going to say, like, the feud that Rude had with Warrior in the early 90s, Rude could have beat Warrior and been the champion. I wish he, I wish he would have. In the steel cage. I, I still think they could have let Rude win that and then carried his feud with Warrior on through the fall. I really I really think that like that 91-92 era is is sort of the fertile ground of like what ifs yeah. because just think about the the possibilities of like WrestleMania 7 and WrestleMania 8 for like the world title or just the main event picture and there's so many missed opportunities and like you know, savage and Jake. and Jake had that blood feud and they 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 you but know, Tuesday in Texas is pretty much where they blow yep, it off, right? Yep, yeah. and nobody fucking saw that. No. So, but I'm going to change the route, man. I was on that on the borderline either way. Like, Listen, it's it's one of the hardest matches. I ain't even this. mad about it because either one of these guys is, you know, th- this is for me. I think this has been the only the hardest one for me. The only knock I had on Rude being included, and, and you you alluded to it. He was like the WCW International Champion. He was carrying around the big world. We don't count we that. Don't, we don't count that, but. He was going over to Japan and defending. That's where he got injured uh, with Sting and stuff. But like, I, man, I I just I would just have loved to seen Rude walk out with the wing deal. And, and my my big thing is I I just I like Jake. I've always thought he was a great performer. I do think Rick Rude is a better overall wrestler. Oh, absolutely. Jake. But who would have drew more as champion? The president, the and, and, I, I, and I still feel like Rude would have. I, I think. I think. I, I think Jake did not need the title at all. No, I don't think he. Uh, him needing it and him him having it are two different things. I think. I think that Jake could have drawn better on top than Rude could have, because I think. I think Rude had a ceiling, and um, thankfully for him, it was an upper body business. I will I will say that I, I go back to my original argument with Jake. He could work either or. I feel like I never really wanted to see Rick Root as a babyface. All right. Well, the eyes have it. Proceeding in the tournament, we have ravishing Rick Rude. This next one, this is a hard oh, one, too. I don't like this one at all. All right, round number four. Travis, you're going to be starting us out. Two minutes on the clock. <sighs> Mr. Perfect versus the enforcer, Arn Anderson. Go. Man, this is probably top two hardest decisions in this tournament. Um, Mr. Perfect, I mean, it's in his name, Mr. Perfect. I mean, he he could do it all. He could wrestle anyone. He had the gift of gab, could talk to people in the building. You wanted to see him get his ass kicked. But then you also, he also had that charm of you, you, you wanted to like him because he was just so good at what he did. Like, I mean, even when he comes a babyface later, he could switch it from being a heel to a babyface with the same persona, really. Um, and then you got Arn Anderson, man, always, always second fiddle to Flair, but he's always, always right there. He could wrestle anyone. His style was believable. He looked 40 at 29. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Um, but I, man, I'm going to go with Arn Anderson here. I, I was, this is another one I've been on the fence about because 
Mr. Perfect is just so damn good in the ring. You wanted to see him get his ass kicked in the early 90s. This is another one, like Brandon alluded to, the early 90s. Mr. Perfect could have slipped right in and been a world champion in the early 90s, and no one would have thought any different of it. He was positioned against Hogan in the early, uh, 1990 Royal Rumble. They were the final two. It was, it was a great moment. But then Brutus the Barber Beefcake beat his fucking undefeated streak at, at WrestleMania and ruined all that. But Arn Anderson, man, you, you got to look at that body of work and... No one would have batted an eye if Arn Anderson was world champion in the early 90s at WCW. <coughs> he could have carried the title. You could honestly have took Barry and Luger in that whole debacle with Flair in the early 90s and slipped Arn in there, and everyone would, would probably would have been fine, and it probably would have drew more money than Lex Luger. I'm sorry, but Luger was a body guy. He wasn't a, a great worker, in my opinion, or a great promo, and he killed Miss Elizabeth. But uh, <laughs> Allegedly. Arn Anderson, uh, I yield my time. Hmm. All right. Eddie, you're up. Two minutes on the clock. Who you got? So, like, like Travis said, this, this, when I saw the bracket, this to me is the hardest choice between the two. Perfect had the character and the charisma to do pretty much anything. And the crazy thing about both these guys is I felt like they were stuck in the mid card. They were always stuck in that mid card scene. Now, Kurt's reasoning for being in the mid cards a little different because Arn had to play second fiddle to probably one of the greatest wrestlers of all time in Ric Flair. Now my question is as well is if Ric Flair was not around how many title reigns would Arn Anderson have? Because to me Arn is a five tool player. Arn did not get hurt. Arn made all the towns. Arn had the the mic work. Arn could work with anybody. He can sell and get you over. Kurt can also sell, and I completely understand that too. Going back and watching a lot of Kurt with in the AWA and his feud with Nick Bockwinkle, fucking phenomenal work. And like you were mentioning, Brandon, that he was the AWA champion pretty much towards the end of its run. I think upside-wise and money-wise, there would be more money in Arn being champion than Kurt. Now... I'm so torn on this, but I have to say Arn, and just simply because if he did not have to play second fiddle, and that's not a knock on Arn at all, having to play second fiddle to Ric Flair, but if Flair was not there, Arn easily would have been a multiple-time world champion, and the fact that he only had a few opportunities for that is almost a shame as well, but Arn was that guy. Arn is probably my dark horse to win this whole fucking tournament. I yield my time. All right, two minutes on the clock. <clears throat> I want to say to you guys, I apologize for my coughing. I've been sick, and we have put this off because of me being sick. So if I cough, I am sorry. You ready, Brandon? I'm ready. <sighs> Every, everything you said, I 100% agree with. And I didn't have as much trouble in deciding this one as I did the previous round. And I think this all comes down to when they were on top. Mr. Perfect in the 90s looked like a star. He talked like a star. He was a star. They didn't call him Mr. Perfect because he was below average or mediocre. He wasn't Mr. Mediocre. He was Mr. Perfect. Arn Anderson is, to me, top three most underrated guys ever. And if he had been born 15 years earlier, he would have been the quintessential NWA champion. 
Could I ever see Arn Anderson being WWF champion? No. Could I see Kurt Hennig, Mr. Perfect, being WWF, NWA, or WCW champion? Yes. So with the most begrudging situation, I have to go against my a guy I love more, and I have to pick Mr. Perfect simply because I think that he had, in my opinion, truly... And people talk about great WWF matches, and I don't think there really were that many until Mr. Perfect came around. You had Savage and Steamboat, and you had Backlund and, and Snuka, but really, what was there other than that? There really weren't a lot of classic matches. Every time Mr. Perfect got in the ring, it was memorable. Case in point, him and Brett at SummerSlam, that match is so good, and I would put it up against any contemporary match today. Mr. Perfect, but by a cunt hair. I yield my time. And if I got to lose that one, I, I'm I'm glad so, to lose it because Arn is in my top five of all time. Something I didn't mention as well, but I did. I, I kind of did. I talked about Arn having... Um, Arn never having an injury. Kurt Henning getting injured and hurting his back, I think, was the biggest thing that threw off his career. Because it's hard telling what would have happened because the match you were just talking about with him and Brett, he essentially retires after that because of his back. Well, the, the biggest thing that happened to him was this uh, fella who held the weed for Hulk Hogan. <laughs> that's that's what ruined his career, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Brutus Beefcake. I think I think he goes by the Zodiac these days. He's the man without a name. Oh, he's a booty man. Booty, booty man. man. Okay. High knee. High knee. Classy. Uh, he had, he had like, broke my face. He headlined more Very starcades than, uh, than either Arn or... <laughs> Mr. Perfect, does that make you sad? It really does. Why is he on this list? <laughs> you know, you know why he's on this list. All right, the eyes have it, uh, and they—I uh, think what most people would agree is a uh, a absolutely deserving spot. But maybe coming from a little bit of the underdog in this situation, Arn Anderson proceeding in our Sweet Sixteen tournament, and we move on to our qualifying round number five. Eddie, two minutes on the clock. Rowdy Roddy Piper versus the Junkyard Dog. Go. This one's an easy one for me, and I know it's going to be an easy one for Brandon because I know this man's Brandon's favorite, one of his favorite wrestlers of all time, and it's Rowdy Piper. Uh, this is one of those moments where babyface or heel Piper was over in the WWF. He should have beat Hogan for the title, and WrestleMania one should have been Hogan getting the title back. I stand by that. I also think that you could have made Piper technically the NWA champion. I think he could have rivaled having you know him and Flair. The, I mean, of course, the awesome uh, dog collar match him and Valentine have over the U.S. title. But I think he could have easily been thrown and in, thrusted into a full-on feud with Ric Flair, and he could have made so much money with Flair, with him as champion, and even him and Flair trading the title back and forth. Uh, I really do think, though, as WWF champion, Piper could have done it then. He also, um, low-key could have done it in 92. He was, he was fucking hot in 92. Him and Flair having that feud, and they could have went to Mania with that feud. However, he goes on and has that awesome match with Bret Hart for the Intercontinental title. And um, it's the only WWF title he ever carried, and it's the Intercontinental title. He held it from the Rumble uh, all the way to WrestleMania. So uh, this one's an easy one for me. Junkyard Dog, to me, he was over in the WWF. 
but he was nowhere near the level of over what he was in Mid-South. And at coming in as WWF champion, I think it would have been really cool to see uh, in, in their eyes an African-American as the WWF champion. But there was no fucking way it was ever going to happen with Hogan being there. And um, I just don't think he had the legs to stand on to be that top babyface that he was in Mid-South due to the cocaine and crack problems. So I understand it. It's true. So, uh, Piper, I yield my time. All right, Travis. Big shoes to fill right here, man. <clears throat> Two minutes on the clock. Go. Oh, man. Choice is obvious. It's Junkyard Dog. Fuck you guys. It's Ronnie <laughs> Piper. Um, <laughs> just going to say this right now. No no disrespect to Junkyard Dog. He was super over. He had uh, another one bites the dust as his theme song. Like It was catchy. He was over. But I agree with Eddie. He was never going to be as over in the WWF as he was in Mid-South. He was... At a time there, probably the second or third baby face behind Hogan and Snooker. Um, but I just don't think he had he had that gift of gab, but I don't think it was a promo to talk you in the building. It's a promo to get you hyped, if that makes any sense. Like you get the crowd hyped up, but he doesn't he never made me want to see him wrestle. Like that was never like anything when I watched the tape, I was like, Man, I can't wait to watch this junk food dog match. Sorry, I saw that one from Dave Meltzer. But um fuck him. But uh but I just I was just never the biggest JYD fan he was very limited in the ring Um, what he did do was you know he he could get the crowd into it but like he wasn't going to put on a five star classic with anybody Roddy Piper man I don't know anything bad you could say about Piper maybe his unwillingness to to job out from time to time but like the dude could talk he could wrestle what he didn't have to do a lot of stuff to make you believe him in the ring like he didn't do anything flashy i mean sleeper hold was believable and he worked he could work babyface or heel man he could have easily been like eddie said the wwf champion and then hogan beats him to get the belt at wrestlemania one and then he also could have beat hogan in 96 with the nwo angle i mean that could have been something they did too i mean they, they let him get a win but it wasn't for the title i mean it didn't make any sense really that's wcw booking but um <laughs> I I, uh, I think, hands down, this is Roddy Piper's uh, round to win, man. Uh, nothing bad to say about him, and he, he was fire on the promos, so I yield my time. All right, two minutes on the clock. Nope. Well, it's obvious. My choice is Roddy Piper. <laughs> but I would I do want to say a few nice things about Junkyard Dog, and I, I, want, I think for if Junkyard Dog had gone to the WWF or the WWWF, Three years earlier, he absolutely could have been in that top spot. Maybe not world champion, but the guy working with the world champion. It's just he was past his prime by the point he he got to the the big show. He was still a huge deal. One of the very first action figures in the LJN line. Big seller. Uh, He sold merch like crazy. However, there are... Icons of professional wrestling, and then there are like the ones that are above that level. There's Hulk Hogan, there's, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, Ric Flair, The Undertaker, Roddy Piper, and, you know, and a handful of others. Roddy Piper is one of those people that even if you don't know wrestling, you know who Roddy Piper is because of his movie appearances. And if you were around in the days where he came to your town, chances are you probably tried to stab him. You probably threw garbage at him. Um, He probably talked you into the building and then made you want to leave, you know, at the same time. He was unorthodox. He was so fucking over that he 
could have been NWA champion. And even though he was not cut from the same athletic cloth as a lot of those guys, when Terry Funk broke the, you know, the kind of the, the mold of what an NWA champion could be, you could have someone a little more unorthodox. And Piper could work with top guys, both heel and face, and still get the same results. He should have been WWF champion. And no, he's not one of those guys that didn't need the title. He needed to be champion. And the fact that he didn't get to be champion is one of the greatest travesties in the history of wrestling. Whether it was at WrestleMania, WrestleMania 2, Starcade 96, there were so many opportunities and there were missed opportunities because they could have drawn so much money. I yield my time. Oh, that was exactly two minutes. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I agree, boys. That that one... That was the landslide on yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say I was really expecting Brandon to say uh, <coughs> Roddy Piper, and I give my time. <laughs> I was expecting that. I was expecting him not to say anything nice about JYD. All right, proceeding. The rowdy one, the icon of professional wrestling. Okay, I'm going to be starting this next round up. We have Dustin Rhodes versus Magnum TA. Two minutes on the clock. Go. This is hard. I love both of these guys, and obviously one of them had a much longer career than the other, and I think there was opportunities for both these guys to have been world champion, but only one of them was going to be world champion, and my choice is Magnum TA. He, it really is the question of what if. The guy was not red hot. He was white hot. He came off of two huge feuds and he had his sights set on the grandest prize of them all, Starcade, and facing Ric Flair for the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. Now, whether he would have won it that night or whether they would have strung it out and it would have been at the Bash or even at Starcade the next year, it was going to happen. This could have been a big changing point for Crockett because they could have had their own Hulk Hogan. He drove ticket sales like no other per even more so than Flair when it came to women and children. He had the market that WWF had, and the other guys in the NWA brought the older market. So with those two things on top, if you'd had, you know, him chasing Flair or Flair, you know, getting back at him, like you could have had something truly great for at least a couple of years. And then you get into the late or the early nineties and that changes the entire landscape of WCW because all of a sudden you have other top stars. What if after being the baby face for that long, finally he turns heel on sting and then you have a baby face sting and a, just a ass kicking Magnum TA pissed off at the world. I think that could have drawn huge money and I'm going to yield my time because I think this is the right answer. I like it. I like it. Next? All right, Eddie, two minutes on the clock. Go. I love Dustin Rhodes. I'm going right now and watching back through WCW 92, and he is having some phenomenal matches right now. And he's only, you know, a couple of years in, really. Um, but when you start to look at the later years, you see, you know, the Goldust character. <clears throat> Excuse me. The Goldust character to me had no legs to stand on as a character to get over as a top, uh, a top draw as champion. Magnum TA, like you said, Brandon, is the greatest. What if he easily could have won the title at Starcade or lost the match in some screwy way, and you stretch it out, and you're gonna make a shit ton of money on people coming back, coming back. I'm this is the night. Magnum's gonna win it tonight. 
Magnum's going to win it tonight. And then you you almost get to the point where, like Vern did with Hogan and Bachwinkle, and like, I'm fucking over this. I don't even want to see it now. And then it's going to happen, and you're gonna, they're going to be fucking enjoyed and, 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 and so excited. And then, like you said, later on, he's your top babyface for so long, and it's fresh and it's new because Crockett is known for, in the NWA, having a heel and taking that person and a babyface chasing them. And to me, that's where the money is. This is that scenario where Magnum would have been the draw regardless. And like you said, he would have been the Hogan of the NWA. And it would have changed everything because shortly after all of this is when they start to run into their financial issues and they end up selling to Ted Turner. So I easily have to say Magnum TA, the dude could work. Uh, The crowd loved him. The women loved him. The men loved him. And the kids loved him. I yield my time. All right, Travis. <laughs> Two minutes on the clock. Go. I'm going to start this out by saying I disagree with Eddie that the Gold Dust character could not have been a world champion. I believe in late in '96 if they feuded him with Shawn Michaels in that summer of '96, they were already working on the house shows together, drawing on top. I feel like if you put the belt on him and had Shawn Michaels chase him with that androgynous gimmick, it could have worked. Just temporary world champion, not maybe a long time, but I feel like it would work. Uh, but my answer here is Magnum TA. For all the reasons you guys said, he was he was destined to be world champion. He is probably the reason Crockett had to sell to Ted Turner because they lost that hot baby face coming in. And Brandon hit the nail on the head. If he turns heel, he works with Sting. He also could have worked with Luger. He could have worked with Nikita on top, which they already had that ready-made feud. Um, and just think of the other people who could have worked with Barry. I mean, it just... And Arn, I mean, it, the possibilities were endless here with what they could have done with Magnum TA on top. And he wouldn't have just been a one-time world champion. He would have been a multiple-time world champion. Whereas with Dustin, I feel like he was always in Dusty's shadow. He was never going to be as popular as his dad, no matter what he did. And 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 not, it's not discrediting what Dustin has done. He's still wrestling now, but he just, I don't feel like he had that that, that aura to be a world champion. They never put the fire to him because he was Dusty's kid a lot of that time. I, I'm going to go with Magnum. Um, thanks to him, we got fucking Ronnie Garvin as world champion. Uh, that should have been Magnum, man. It, if it had been Magnum, it would have been different. And I just, you think of the possibilities, man. What if, what about Magnum and Rude? I mean, different things like that in the early WCW days. Um, it it could have potentially changed Crockett's uh, promotion and outlook for for an entire career, who knows? But uh, you have my time. Just want to say, Jesus Christ, Magnum and Rude. You want to talk about dude that that, that would have drew a record Here, house with women. Here's the thing, Mountain buckets. I, so you said this. You, you were talking about during the whole thing, and I think this would have changed the course of a lot of things too. Because I don't think Dusty would have ever left the NWA um, with with Magnum staying around and still wrestling. I think the person that he turns heel on is fucking Dusty Rhodes, and you have a, a set feud between Magnum and Dusty as Magnum as the heel later on and Dusty as the baby face. Dusty trying to overshadow him kind of thing. I mean, the possibilities were endless, man. It <clears throat> crippled Crockett when he got hurt. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of positives could have come out of that, and unfortunately would. A lot of mop sales with uh, Rude and uh, Magnum, you know, showing their taco meats and stuff. Out like I said, mullets and mustaches, man. That's what I look for in a world champion. And my God, they fucking both had it. Women would have been better blasting themselves right rather next to <laughs> that their Loki, kids. That Loki may be the finals, boys. <laughs> <laughs> That's a potential right there. 
All right, qualifying round number seven, and this one is going to be interesting. Uh, this is a good two, one. Two minutes on the clock, Eddie. Davy Boy Smith, <laughs> the British Bulldog versus Bruiser Brody. Go. Holy fuck. This one, to me, is probably, it, it may be the second hardest one of this. I have a deep love for British Bulldog, even though he had crippling drug problems. Um, he's fucked. And I think you could have easily thrown Bulldog into a situation into um, 1995. Uh, we've rebooked 1995 with Bulldog winning the title and Brett winning it back at the Royal Rumble. Um, short-haired Bulldog as a heel. I think he's low-key one of the best. However, Bruiser Brody was fucking over... <laughs> fucking Brandon. Bruiser Brody was fucking over everywhere he went. From WCCW to anywhere in the NWA to Japan. I do think um, if he was not fucking murdered in a goddamn locker room and he ever would have signed to the WWF, he would have been the perfect foil for Hulk Hogan. Um, I also think on actual national television, he would have been the perfect foil as a babyface for Ric Flair. Um, he's an also, to me, another what if, because the dude screamed fucking star. He was had charisma coming out the ass. Um, and I might, it might be even a, a, a black sheep of this, you know, this, you know, tournament, the, the underdog, like we were talking about arm. I'm going to say Bruiser Brody. I just think the dude had an aura about him, and I think the dude could draw. I think him as a heel or him as a babyface, people get behind him. I'll, I think of him as like a Steve Austin, and you could put him in there as almost like a tweener against a Ric Flair, and you're going to draw some fucking houses. Flair's going to look like he's getting the shit kicked out of him, and he's going to come out as champ. And then it doesn't have to be master classes. I love Bulldog, but I got to say Bruiser Brody. That's my uh, heel of my time. All right. I'm up next. Two minutes on the clock. Ready? Go. My choice is Davey Boy Smith. I want to qualify this real quickly. I love Bruiser Brody. I am a huge, huge mark for Bruiser Brody. Stuff he did in Japan. Um, Just, I mean, just beat the ever-living dog shit out of people. But here's the difference. Bruiser Brody was huge everywhere he went, but the reason he stayed huge is that he was an attraction. He stayed as long as he needed to stay in an area, and then he moved on. Yeah, he could have drew huge money with Hogan. Hogan is not dropping the title to Bundy, or shit, sorry, Brody. Um, it, I just don't see it happening. And I also don't see Frank Goodish, the man behind uh uh, Bruiser Brody being, uh, unless he got a ridiculous payout, I just don't see him doing it because he would have been too afraid of losing his spot wherever he ended up next. Davy Boy Smith, on the other hand, like 95. Like, there's no reason they couldn't have put him into the world title picture. He looked the part. He was a huge draw in Europe. They made him the first European champion for that reason because anytime they went over into Europe, he drew for them. He looked like a, a million bucks. And when he went to WCW, you could have made him champion during that time. So it, it may be a more of a preferential thing, but I think there was more money in, in a long-term sense with uh, Davey Boy Smith as champion than putting the title on Bruiser Brody and then him, you know, holding it for a while and then losing it and then leaving. If that makes sense. I yield my time. Travis. Deciding vote. Two minutes on the clock. 
Go. I agree with you guys got some convincing arguments here, um, but I'm going to side with Brandon here. I believe David Boy Smith is the, the clear choice for me here. Um, I agree with a lot of what Brandon said. Bruiser Brody was more of an attraction, um, and I think his backstage stuff would have hurt him being the champion because he didn't want to lose. He didn't want to stay anywhere for too long. Um, and Bulldog seemed to be the more, uh, the more, uh, agreeable person. He would win or lose, didn't matter. But Brandon brings up a good point. WCW 1992-93 Bulldog could have been the world champion babyface that beats Vader for the belt, and no one would have thought any different of it. The dude was over. He was in a skit on a beach with boats, and masters <laughs> of the power bomb. he was... Arguably the second hottest baby face in the company behind Steam at the time. So I I agree with Brandon on that. I think in 1995, he could have beat Diesel at In Your House 4. Um, or he could have beat Brett at uh, In Your House 5. And they could have they could have made that work. But they just, they never wanted to pull the trigger on the Bulldog. And I, I will never understand that. Uh, he also had great matches with Shawn Michaels in 96. They could have switched the belt there for a little bit and brought him back. Um, Bruiser Brody, though, I just, I feel like his, it would have been hard to get the belt off of him once you got him on. And it'd be like Stan Hansen running over the title and mailing it back. So, um, I think the Bulldog's the guy. I mean, he may not have had the strongest promo skills, but neither did Brody. Brody was husking and all this other stuff in the camera and everything. So, I, I feel like, uh, if you're going to put it on there and a guy that could do babyface or heel and, and be a top guy for your company and be an agreeable champion, Either way, I'm going to go with Bulldog. Just, I want to say for the, my time. just for for the record, Eddie, I Eddie agree. With, I agree with almost everything you say. It's just I, I I think that like if you put him in the in one of the top two companies as your world champion, like Travis said, you're going to have a period where it's like, and, well, I'm not dropping the title. Who the fuck <laughs> take it off of? And you guys, you guys sold me. And before you even said Stan Hansen, that's a, my immediate thought was you'd have a Stan Hansen incident with him as well. But you guys sold me as well, and I can almost tell you the reason why Bulldog never did was because of his drug problems and because of his steroid uh, abuse. Yeah. And I think that's the reason why he never got that push. However, short-haired Bulldog should have been the one to defeat Diesel, and then you could have led right on to the feud with him and, and Brett, Brett uh, to end out 95. But So you guys sold me on that too. I, I, I would switch my answer to Bulldog as well. All right. Well, Davy Boy Smith is not fooked. Is He's not fooked. fooked. He's fooked. But he did... He did fook his wife when she was asleep. <laughs> Supposedly. Allegedly. He's not here to defend himself. All right. We're moving into our final qualifying round. Travis, you're going to be starting us off. Two minutes on the clock. Scott Hall Oof. versus Nikita Koloff. This is a fucking good one. Go. Uh, I'm. It's not even going to be that hard of a choice for me. I'm going Scott Hall. Uh, the guy was, as Eddie said earlier, about another uh, competitor in this tournament. It's five-tool player, man. Had the had the look, had the gift of gab, could work with anybody, uh, and he's deceptively big. Like he, he always was beside people like Kevin Nash and the Giant and Hogan, but the dude towered over people. Um, he had great matches with Shawn Michaels, with Bret Hart. He could wrestle the kid. Um, he could go up and down the card wherever you wanted to. And that's the kind of guy I feel like you could be a world champion. You could send him town to town and work with your local baby face. And you could, you could, he could work with anybody and, and make it look believable. Now, when Nikita Koloff, I, I like Nikita Koloff, don't get me wrong, but I always felt like he was a one trick kind of guy, power guy. 
And once you made him a baby face and he had a fucking flat top, he fucking sucked. Sorry. I didn't want to see your dick hanging out the bottom of your fucking tights. Didn't want to see you with a flat top. I didn't go, or whatever the hell you were saying on camera. I'm sorry. You were a badass heel in the early 80s. You had like three-year run. Everything after that fucking blows dick. Sorry. I, I don't agree that he was great in the early 90s. He was in and out. Him and Sting's feud was not that great. Um, in the early 90s when Bill Watts tried to bring him back, I feel like the longevity of Scott Hall, the ability to work with anybody, uh, is, is heads and shoulders above Nikita. I don't feel like Nikita could, he was a one trick kind of guy, had one style of match. I feel like that's it. Ric Flair worked around him. So I'm going to go with Scott Hall and I yield my time. All right. I'm up next. Two minutes on the clock. Go. When I was thinking about this, I I tried to think about it in in terms of what I know about the people uh, inside and outside the ring. Scott Hall is a much better wrestler. He was a much better promo. He had a better uh, resume in terms of a career overall. However, Scott Hall suffered from the worst thing you can have in wrestling of just going with the flow. And as long as he was getting paid, he didn't give a shit if he won or lost. And I think there's a fine line where you have to be malleable, but at the same time, you have to kind of stand up for yourself and be an asshole where like, no, this is what's right. And as long as he was getting paid, I feel like he was never going to be... Uh, truly the guy, the right guy for the role. This is why, and the only reason I'm going to say Nikita by, by a cunt hair. Vince wanted Nikita. He wanted Nikita bad. He wanted Nikita for WrestleMania 2. That's what the main event should have been. That's what it could have been. Would he have beaten Hogan? Probably not. But if, if you want to do some mental gymnastics... If they had not turned Nikita Babyface out of necessity because of what happened with Magnum, your next logical world title change would have been Nikita taking the title, if, even if it was for a short time, from, from Magnum. So I, I'm going to yield my time on that. Eddie, two minutes on the clock. Make the decision. Go. This is tough because I agree with both you guys. Um, I do agree that Scott Hall uh, essentially was just kind of go with the flow. He was, I think, he was just happy to have a job and have a paycheck. Um, and I think Nikita is slept on because, like you were saying, in that situation where he he had to step up as a babyface compared to you know with. Um, Magnum going down, he had to step up and be putting that in that. And then going back and watching '92, I actually like Nikita Koloff in '92 as a babyface. I uh, I think that he is great. The whole thing of him trying to prove himself to be a babyface to Sting, and that they're actually you know he wants to be his friend and, and take care of him. Um, I like that. However, however, I will have to say Scott Hall as champion made sense to me. WWF champion, I could see it. I could also see Nikita as WWF champion. Like you were saying, bringing him in. Would he ever beat Hogan? Absolutely not. <coughs> Excuse me. But 
I think Scott Hall could have been WCW champion. I think if he would have given a shit enough, um, he definitely could have fronted, which was supposedly the, the NWO black and blue. I think that he could have made a, a run as WCW champion. Uh, I think that he could have made a run as the WWF champion. I think he was very viable of being a champion in 95 as well. 95, you're stuck with Diesel, but there were so many other options. You could have done Bulldog. You could have done Razor. You could have done, I mean, I know we eventually get Sean. To me, Brett never should have lost the title in the first place, but here we are. But I think going into 96, Sean and a heel Razor would have been a money feud and Razor could have been the one that took that title off him. I gotta say, I gotta say, Scott Hall. I yield my time. I, I I will throw in there right quick that I didn't even touch on that. But if Scott Hall would have stuck around in WWF in '96, he, they, he they would have definitely retouched that feud. He he had, well, and he absolutely would have been champion. Um, and he probably would not have been as bad off drug wise either no. had he stayed there. Uh, I feel like he cared more in the WWF than he did in WCW. Yeah. He <laughs> well, here's in the WWF you had to work for. Yeah, him. and and that's and that's what Brandon, which I completely agree. Like he kind of would just go with the flow, and he was going with the money. Same thing with Kevin Nash. I mean, people dogging Kevin Nash regardless, but he actually looked like he gave a shit as Diesel when he went as Kevin Nash in WCW. Go back and watch some of that. You can clearly tell they don't fucking care. They don't want to be there. Yeah, tell me, tell me any match that involves them that is even Memorable. even slightly better than mediocre. There uh, really I, aren't that many. Sting, 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 Sting and, and Hall. Hall and and Hall and Goldberg on Nitro because he was trying to make him look good before he. I will say the uncensored match where Hall finally cashes in his uh, World War Three uh, title shot against Sting. I actually enjoy that match. Uh, but, but, and and then I, I mean, I really do like fucking love Nikita. Um, but to me, Nikita is a guy, I think if him and Magnum were feuding, I don't think Nikita would have ever gotten the title from Magnum. I don't. I think he would have. I I think he would have too. I think he would for a little bit because they would have wanted somebody to take it off of Magnum. To heat to bring Magnum back because up. it because it was a heel territory. You you gotta you gotta you gotta <laughs> give your baby face something to chase and have them have something to fight. And they for. had that previous feud over the U.S. and title, then you also which would have made you also sense. could have had him work at work an angle back with Dusty as well over the NWA title. I mean, I that's it, it, to me that's why I think to me it's personally it's tough. But I take Scott Hall, so I'm not mad about it. I'm not bad about it. All right, guys. The Rant Army, collectively, we have eliminated eight jabronis, and we are left with eight superstar wrestlers moving into our quarterfinals. But first, here's some messages from our sponsors. Hey, wrestling fans. This is Eddie Shepard, one half of the guys over at Wrestling Recommendations, telling you to check out our podcast. Each week, myself and my best friend Travis Lasseter dive in with a deep retrospective and watch along to some of our favorite matches. We have curated a list of over 200 plus matches spanning over 40 plus years. We take all those matches, we throw them into a randomizer, and the very next week, that's the match we cover. Check us out at Wrestling Recom on Twitter, R-E-C-O-M-M, and Wrestling Recommendations on Facebook. And you can find us wherever podcasts are available. And let us bring our wrestling recommendations to you. All right, welcome back, Rant Army. It's down to eight combatants, but only four can advance to the semifinals of Wrestle Rant Rumble. 
Rumble, rumble, rumble. All right, uh, match number one, we have William Regal going up against Owen Hart. I'm going to be starting this off. Two minutes on the clock. Go. Fuck. This is <laughs> this is hard. <coughs> you can prepare for this, you know, in your qualifying rounds and everything. Yeah, I wrote notes and I had clear idea of like who I was going to pick. But uh, having the these like face me, it's it's a lot harder. Being a purist, I can say that I probably would prefer Regal as a world champion, but I'm going to choose Owen Hart because I think there was more upside to him as a character. He was much better on the mic, even though he would say the occasional goofy thing like, I'm not a nugget to kick my leg and my leg and stuff like that. But when it came to just somebody that could be a truly great babyface given the right uh, circumstances, I think he had... Uh, that that fight in him that you need for a baby face. He, he would just look good coming from under, you know? Mm-hmm. Or if you need just somebody that's just going to be just an absolute shit heel. Owen Hart may be the most underrated of his generation in that regard. Um, so I'm going to say Owen Hart, and it hurts me to say, William Regal, I love you, but Owen Hart, I yield my time. Travis, two minutes on the clock. Regal and Owen, who you got? Go. God, I, I I love William Regal, man. Like I, I I think I was the first one to mention him for this was William Regal. Um, just because I love his body of work. I feel like he can do anything uh as far as heel babyface comedy, be serious, be vicious. Uh but I have to agree with Brandon here. I feel like Owen Hart is the is the choice because he could he just was better overall when it came to character work. And he was super over. He was over in Canada. He could be over in the U.S. He could work as a chicken shit heel. He could work with a manager or not a manager. Um, and you got to think, man, in 1995, at the end of 95, there was no one more despised than Owen Hart when he hit the insecurity on Shawn Michaels on that Raw. Um, they could have easily had a huge Shawn Michaels-Owen Hart feud in 96, dating, going back to that instead of Bulldog. Um, I just think that Owen Hart in an, in a, in a perfect world, like Brandon brought up earlier in 1997, he could have been that baby face to avenge his brother, beat Shawn Michaels, lose the belt back at the rumble. And then you continue on with whatever you wanted to do. Um, but, uh, as much as it pains me, man, cause I love William Regal. I think he's one of the greatest, most underrated wrestlers of all time, but I, I have to go with Owen. I feel like he, the more, the more money is with Owen Hart. I yield my time. All right, Eddie, you gonna clean sweep or you gonna be the dissenter? Three, two, one, go. It's a clean sweep, boys. Owen Hart. Uh, <clears throat> I think we didn't even really talk about this, but Owen Hart legitimately had to live in the shadow of one of the best wrestlers of all time in Bret Hart. And not only that, but he stood out as his own person and his own character as Owen Hart. And I think. You know, he's one of the better heels uh, at that time period, and he was fucking clever. He was funny. He was quick-witted. I think that in a a promo match back and forth with anybody, he could stand on his own. He could kick your leg out of your leg, and I fucking love that. William Regal, to me, is the quintessential wrestler's wrestler. Um, He could go toe-to-toe with anybody, get a good match out of anyone, but Owen Hart, character-wise... Um, legs to stand on, draw power, believability, wrestling, Owen Hart, 
hands down. I yield my time. I want to say really quickly, because none of us touched on it, but William Regal was tapped to be the world champion in the WWE, but then he got uh, suspended for PEDs. Yes. Yeah, and when he became king of the ring. Yeah, (laughs) and I was so into Regal during that point because he was just the, the most dastardly evil because he had kind of come off of like that comedy run and they reestablished him as like a dominant legitimate threat and that's one of those what could have been moments and he had great matches with Punk around that time as well they feud over Christian, the Intercontinental title him and Christian in ECW that was one of the only reasons to watch ECW at the time was Regal and Christian alright guys well uh, the eyes have it our <coughs> heart will be Making it all the way to uh, their next round. This one, this next match is this. This is going to be an interesting one. This is a match that absolutely could have happened, and uh, I'm trying to think if if it did. Uh, uh, Travis is going to start us out. Uh, Rick Rude versus Arn Anderson. Two minutes on the clock. Go. Man, this is this is tough because this could have been Jake Roberts. Man, switch my vote here. Um, It'll be a little bit easier decision, I think, on my part, but. uh, Man, uh, what can you say about both of these guys? They're both tremendous workers. They're both tremendous heels, both tremendous promos. Um, and I, this is like, a like as Brandon says, buy a cunt hair. I'm going with Rick Rude, man. I, I, um, I just think there was more money out of Rude. The character work for him as a villain uh, was more established than uh, Arn Anderson. I feel like Arn Anderson, I'll steal a line from Eddie from the last one, is the quintessential wrestler's wrestler. He could work with anybody, um, but when you put him up as a world champion, who stands out more, Rick Rude or Arn Anderson? And that's when I look at it. If you put him on a poster, who's going to be like, that's the guy people want to see? Or are you going to look at the guy, and I'm sorry to say this, Arn, that looked 45 at 27, um, and that hurts me to say that because he is a tremendous worker everything, but I'm going rude, man. I just feel like he's the guy you put on the poster and be like, I want to see his ass get beat, but then my girlfriend wants to see him swivel his hips. So I'm going I'm going rude here. I yield my time. All right, I'm up next. Two minutes on the clock. Go. Fuck my life. <laughs> it's so fucking hard. <laughs> man. <clears throat> This this really for me comes down to is this nineteen seventy five or is this you know nineteen eighty nine because that makes a big difference if you put Rick Rude in nineteen seventy five no fucking way he'd be champion there's just no way because he looks great but he doesn't look like a man he he look he looks like he looks like, don't get me wrong. Rick Rude compared to me is much more manly, but Arn Anderson looked like somebody who legit would beat the dog shit out of you, drag you through the mud, and then, you know, walk it dry. But who can make more money on top? And I think, man, as much as I love Arn, I'm going to have to say Rick Rude because he had the look. Um, when you move into that quote unquote sports entertainment era, you're looking for a guy that is going to get eyes on him. Travis nail on the head. You put him on the poster. He looks like he's somebody. He he does the airport test. You see a dude with a with a mullet and a you know and a, a Magnum PI mustache walking around and like, well, that dude looks like somebody. You know, he was like if if Freddie Mercury did steroids and, and didn't get the 
the stuff that killed him. <clears throat> Eight. Uh, that's that's Rig Rude, and and uh, he was a star. So I yield my time, Rig Rude. Eddie, <laughs> two minutes on the clock, buddy. Go. Fuck. <laughs> my heart and my mind are telling me two different things here. Um, my heart wants to go Arn Anderson because I fucking love Arn. I think Arn could go in there, and I talked about it earlier, could go in there and have a great match with anybody. He could talk, talk the house in. However, if we're going to draw, drawing and um, marketability, um, I got to say Rick Rude, man. And I, it fucking kills me to say that. And uh, I, I want to change my answer already. But like I think Rick Rude, to me, and I talked about it in the first round, and Rick Rude taking his robe off and having the Winged Eagle title on fucking feels right to me. It looks like it would it would be him. And when I think of Arn, do I think of Arn holding the NWA title? Not necessarily. Do I think of Arn holding the big gold? Maybe. Do I think of Arn holding the WWF title? No, I don't. And that fucking hurts my feelings to fucking say that. But I got, I got to agree with you, boys. I mean, like I said, my heart's telling me to say Arn, but my mind's telling me to say Rick Rude. So I got to say Rick Rude. I yield my time. All right, guys. Well, I mean, unless somebody just wants to <laughs> pour their heart out in despair of their own answer, I think uh, we have a concise... I kind of feel like everybody had the same sentiment. Like they love Arn so much, they want to say Arn, but when you really look at it, it's like, who's the guy on the poster? Arn. It's rude. Arn came from the wrong time. Yes. And yeah, it, like it would have been a no-brainer. You know, in a different era, he would have been the traveling NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. He would have been believable. And uh, but when you move into that like mid to late. 80s period and then even into the 90s like you know he looked old when he was young and he was only you know looking older still one of my all-time favorites though yeah. and it pains me to say all right guys match number three in our quarterfinal round this is a big one eddie you're going to be starting us off two minutes on the clock rowdy roddy piper versus magnum ta go this overall is probably the hardest one for me to pick. And the only reason I'm going to pick this way um, is because I think business-wise, overall would have been better if it would have been Roddy Piper as WWF champion. Uh, Magnum TA definitely would have swung the pendulum completely in the opposite way for uh, for Jim Crockett Promotions. And it's always a what-if but the thing is, between the two, we don't know for sure if there would have been a what if. With Roddy Piper, we fucking know that Roddy Piper would have been a fucking draw as a heel and a babyface because he already fucking was. Um, and and I, I think Piper overall just could easily, as a heel, talk more fans into the building to see him his ass get kicked than Magnum could in the long run. I think maybe Magnum would have cooled off. We've seen plenty of other baby faces, you know, get uh, get hot, and then after time they cool off. It may have been the same situation there, but I'm I'm picking Roddy. I yield my time. All right, <coughs> I'm up next. 
Two minutes on the clock. Go. I'm going to read something right here, and I don't. If you can't infer my answer from it, uh, then you know I don't think that you you need to be doing something other than listening to a podcast. You need to be going back to school or perhaps getting brain surgery to fix your faculties. In 1984 and 1985, Roddy Piper was voted most hated wrestler for Pro Wrestling Illustrated. In 1986, at the height of Hulkamania, he was voted most popular wrestler. Roddy Piper not being champion is the biggest fuck you of the Hulkamania era. Because like the there were so many guys that could have been. Like, like Big Boss Man, who's not even on our list. Yeah, he could have been champion. Earthquake could have been champion. But the fact that Roddy Piper wasn't is personally insulting to me because you're always going to have that WrestleMania 1 main event and it's a tag team match. We have to include Mr. T because they were doing the whole Hollywood thing. But what people really wanted to see that were wrestling fans was Hulk and Roddy. Now, if Roddy had lost the title, they had won the title before and lost it there, like that that crowd would have been fucking eruptive because the amount of heat he had on him, the stuff that happened with um, Dave Wolf and Cindy Lauper, you know, breaking the the gold record on his head, uh, you know, in the ring and the the war to settle the score, he was causing riots, like legitimate riots in places well before he got to the WWF, but no one has ever consistently got that much heat that long. He should have been champion. He's the he's my choice for the entire thing. I yield my time. Ooh. That one close, buddy. Travis, two minutes on the clock, buddy. Go. Boys, I agree with everything you said. My my choice is Roddy Piper. Um and, and my biggest reason for choosing Piper is he, as Eddie said, is proven. It's a proven commodity that he could be a heel, he could be a baby face. And the biggest thing with Magnum is, is a what if. It's all hypothetical. Could he have made the turn to be a heel? Could he have drawn money? Would he have cooled off as the baby face? Would people have kept coming to see him? Um, and I think that's the biggest question with him. And that's, you know, the biggest question with Magnum will always be is what if, what could have happened? But I agree with Brandon. It's one of the biggest travesties of, of 80s wrestling, the Hulkamania era, that Piper did not get a title reign. You could have easily had him beat Hogan at War to Settle the Score. And then they may have been at the first WrestleMania for the belt. Hogan wins it back. And you have T in Hogan's corner. T didn't have to wrestle. He could have just been in the corner. Um, I just feel like that was a big missed opportunity. I mean, you could have even went back at WrestleMania 2 and done it. Uh, and then had, you know, Piper win it somewhere along the way. And then Hogan wins it back at WrestleMania 2 instead of King Kong Bundy. But being in the main event, but you know, apples is apples, whatever. Fuck, fuck King Kong Bundy. Um, but Magnum, man, I, I, I hate to say it because he's the biggest what if. Like, if, if he could have done the things we were talking about him doing in the first round, if if he could have won the title and been that big baby face that, that pulled Crockett from the ashes and kept it in line so he didn't have to sell to Turner, then this could possibly be... He wouldn't even be on the list, technically. But yeah. I just... I feel like Piper was the guy that got shafted, and it was because he probably was very protective of who he was. His spot is different things. He's even said that in interviews is that he didn't want to lose because he didn't want 
he didn't feel like anybody would give it back to him. He was very defensive over his spot in wrestling. So, uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper, hands down, yield my time. Really, I want to just agree with Travis on something. The war to settle the score is where Piper should have fucking won the title because that would have got even more eyes on Hogan trying to get the title back. That, I mean, that was on MTV. Yep. <laughs> and, when MTV was like the hottest thing on television. Um, Imagine I think, seeing people seeing Piper win the belt cheating, on MTV. Shitty, shitty way of winning. Winning it, and then you got to pay to see Hogan win it back for WrestleMania. And, Mr. T's, and Mr. T's in his corner. It would have been even bigger than it was, I think. Would you guys mind if I took a quick sidebar? Go for it. This is something we've kind of talked about for a while, and I'm not discrediting anything you just said because I actually love it, but let's let's take WrestleMania 1 as just what happened. Mm-hmm. You have their tag team match. Uh, you know, Piper, st- he keeps his, uh, his head held high because he still didn't get beat, but, you know, Hogan's prevailed, and you have all that shit. Moving into WrestleMania 2, what if they had kept that going, and then you had uh, a situation where where Piper beats Hogan, cheats, and then your lead-up to WrestleMania three. This is where I think it gets interesting, because this is my fantasy booking. You have Andre beat Roddy, and doesn't have to be champion for a super long time, but that way you can finally give babyface Andre... The championship that he pro- championship run he probably should have had. Then you set things up almost exactly as they were, where Andre's been champion, but somehow Hogan gets an award for you know wrestler of the year, year yeah, popular wrestler. He's overshadowing Andre's champion. Then at WrestleMania three, you have Hogan defeating the undefeatable monster for the belt. I, me personally, I think that. Story progression makes more sense. Roddy gets to be champion, and um, he Andre. loses it to a guy that would... You, you could lose to Andre, and it's not going to kill your heat because he's Andre the Giant. Yeah. Then you still have time to come back around and have Piper re-challenge Hogan down the line. Of course, by that point, you know, you're probably... He's probably getting so popular that it's going to be hard for him to, to be booed. But me personally, I, I would have liked to have seen that happen, but... Hindsight's twenty twenty, and that doesn't work for Terry, brother. Yeah, I could almost you could almost do repeat the the fact like everything from Mania one and the build to Mania two. Um, I'm not I don't I don't think they were doing Saturday Night's main events yet, were they? Yeah, I think they started in eighty six. If I'm not badly fooled, because didn't they have him and Orndorff and stuff on that? I bl- I believe you're correct. I think the first one was eighty six. Yeah. yeah. So. Piper wins the title on Saturday Night's Main Event in a cheap shit way. Hogan wins the title back at Mania 2 in the cage, and the reason they have the cage is to keep the Tom Fullery out. Yeah. I be that anything's better than King, <coughs> King Kong Bundy. Motherfucker, and, or, you had him on this list. Or he headlined a WrestleMania. You or, just mother you just motherfucked him though. Or, or yes. he and Piper at WrestleMania 2, which I know is Brandon's favorite match. Fuck Mr. T. <laughs> or we got Mr. Speaking speak of which, Travis. Bundy in a boxing Speaking match. of which, Travis, and we didn't, uh, I didn't tell you this earlier. Uh, Eddie and I went to uh, this antique store, and we're looking through comic books, and they have a copy of Mr. T number one for $40, autographed by Mr. T. Guess who didn't buy it? Eddie. Me. Because yeah, fuck, because fuck <laughs> Mr. T. He's still fucking talking about his mom and that fucking... <laughs> 
My mama. I, but I, I agree with Brandon there. It's very interesting to think about, but I, I, I was kind of thinking along the same lines as Eddie is that first Saturday night's main event is is Piper Hogan. Piper somehow wins the belt, and then he Hogan wrestles Piper in the cage at WrestleMania 2. And here's the thing, too. About, man, WrestleMania 1, they didn't realize how big of a deal WrestleMania no. 1 is going to be. You look at the card of WrestleMania 1, it's complete dog shit. It's yeah, not, it's it's not, not like a... To me, Starcade is, is a better overall card Oh, WrestleMania. Oh, no, no Heads doubt. There's a, there's a really good tag team match, and it's not the main event tag team match, and Wrestle- that's about it on Wrestle- first WrestleMania. Mania is more of... It, it is sports entertainment. It's the Gaga. It, it's, it, it's the Gaga. It's it's the big thing. It's got the celebrities, and then you look at Starcade, and it's the actually wrestling show. But WrestleMania is what sold it, man. WrestleMania is what pretty much part of the reason we're where we are today because <coughs> just that brand as it grew, it grew and grew into a monster that it is now. Uh, well, needless to say, Roddy Piper is continuing on in this uh, yeah. endeavor. Sorry, Magnum, because you. All right. Our, our final match in our quarterfinal round, we have the British Bulldog, Davey Boy Smith, going up against the bad guy, Razor Ramon, a.k.a. Scott Hall. I'm going to be starting this off two minutes on the clock. Go! Man, this is hard. I love both these guys. They both very easily could have been slotted into a world title opportunity. I think... I think that Scott Hall would be would have been a more effective heel champion than Bulldog, but I think that Bulldog, I think Bulldog chasing and and finally getting that win would have been. I think you could have got one of those really really good feel good moments like SummerSlam '92, like when he's at Wembley and he beats Brett. Like that moment, it felt real. It felt it, it felt like it was a big deal. And as much as I love Scott Hall, I don't think you're ever going to get that moment from him. And whether that's just it's because he's in WCW and doesn't give a shit, or if it's you know he's just not motivated to the degree he should have been, uh, as as good a champion as he potentially could be, I think the upsides for Bulldog are just I think there's just more there. Maybe I'm wrong. I invite you guys to change my mind on this. Um, but I'm going to say Bulldog, and I'm going to yield my time. Oof. Eddie, two minutes on the clock. What's your choice, buddy? Go. This is a tough one, because I agree. Um, Brandon keeps bringing up the fact that Hall kind of stopped giving a shit in WCW. as the Although Bulldog, when he went to WCW in 93, he was hot. Like you had plenty of upside in him, um, but in the long run, both these guys to me were hindered with the fact that they had drug problems, and um, that and that's what kind of set them off to where they both got derailed on potentially being champion. Um, Bulldog ninety five short shaved head bulldog short haired bulldog money, Razor Ramon ninety six money. Um, I know I'm, I'm torn on this. Um, I do think that Razor can cut a better promo and probably talk more people in than Bulldog could. So that's where I'm gonna, and that's where I'm gonna, um, <coughs> that's where I'm gonna, um, that's where I'm gonna draw the line. Though I think Scott Hall could bring in more fans on a on a poster than Bulldog. Bulldog would get that market across the pond. Um, but I think overall Scott Hall is going to be able to talk more people into the building than Bulldog could. So I'm taking Scott Hall. I yield my time. 
All right, Travis. Two minutes on the clock. Bulldog, Scott Hall, who you got, buddy? Go. Scott Ma- Scott Hall man never raped his wife, but he also murdered a man <laughs> in, a, in a parking lot in Florida. Uh, but here we go. Uh, I'm going to go Scott Hall. I love the Bulldog for all the reasons we've talked about on here. Short-haired Bulldog was a fucking beast. Should have been champion in 95. But my thing is, is you look at, and this is a big thing, when you look at Bulldog, when he went into WCW 98, job guy, never got used as a championship material. The bloom was off the rose. I feel like there's more upside to Scott Hall just because he had a better presence. I feel like if you really look at it, Bulldog is just a little bit better Ultimate Warrior moveset-wise and things. Um, I, I, I know Brandon's shaking his head over there, but you can draw those comparisons between the two far as match, match standpoints go. I feel like Bulldog really only had excellent matches with workers that were better than him, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. I don't feel like Bulldog could have led a match and made it a classic. I feel like he was more of the follower. He had to have somebody in the ring that could work around him and make him really look good. Scott Hall's the opposite. Scott Hall could work with anyone. I feel like he could have a good match with Shawn Michaels. He could have a good match with Diesel. He could have a good match with The Undertaker, Bret Hart. Uh, hell, he was even having good matches with Diamonds as the Diamond Stud in WCW, but he was the fucking Diamond Stud. No one gave a shit about him. Um, but uh, I feel like if Scott Hall would have had that motivation, like if he stayed in WWF instead of going to WCW and he would have had to work to be that champion, he would have been better off. I feel like when he got to WCW, he knew he was never going to overtake Hogan. Hogan was going to be the guy, so he got complacent. That's where he was at. And he had his times to shine with Steen. Um, and in tag matches with Kevin Nash and, uh, as the outsiders. But I feel like Scott Hall had more upside as a world champion, could work with more people, could talk people into the building better. His gimmick was better. Uh, I'm going Scott Hall. Heal my time. All right, guys. Scott Hall <coughs> is definitely going to continue on. And, uh, man, fuck me, man. This... This no is more get, rapists. This is getting. This is getting. This is getting intense. Uh, in the midst of this bloody match, now only four are left standing as we move into our semifinals. But first, here are some messages from our sponsors. Come on down to Mask by Lance. Premium Friday the 13th custom-made hockey mask. Down there in Tennessee by Lance McKinney. Find him on Facebook and Instagram over at Mask by Lance. Go order one now, boy. Yee-hoo! All right, welcome back, WrestleManiacs. It's down to the top four, but only two men can advance to our main event. Of Wrestle Rant Rumble. Rumble, 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 Rant. <laughs> All right. Owen Hart, Rick Rude. Goddamn. Travis, two minutes on the clock. I'm glad you're going first. Who you got? Go. Fuck, I really didn't want to go first on this one. Like, I, <coughs> I, they get progressively harder, and that's what this is meant to do. But man, I love both these guys. But man, I'm going Owen Hart. I feel like he could work uh, the baby or the heel better than Rick Rude could. Rick Rude is your quintessential heel that you're going to want to see your his ass beat. But I feel like Owen could play that, but he could also get the sympathy as a baby face too. Um, Owen Hart can do anything you ask him to do. He can work high-flying style. He can work ground and pound. He can work with power guys, all this stuff. And Rude can too. I mean, we watched him get the hell beat out by Ultimate Warrior for a long-ass time. But... uh 
I feel like far as Matt skills go, I'm going to give that one to Owen Hart. Promo skills maybe go to Rick Rude, but I feel like Owen could flip-flop and be either or, where Rude is going to be your quintessential heel. Um, and also, man, just the just the track record of Owen Hart and his in his matches he had with everybody is is what I would you know put this over with here. Um, I yield my time. Ooh. All right, Eddie. <laughs> I don't envy you, my friend. <laughs> Two minutes on the clock. Owen, rude. Who you got? Go. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at it like this, and I kind of mentioned it already. But when you look through the list of guys that we've had on this in this tournament, um, there's only really two guys. You could argue Jake as well, but there's only two guys that have family members that are bigger stars than they are. Dustin Rhodes' dad, Dusty Rhodes, clearly is going to be the bigger star here. Owen Hart's older brother is top five best wrestlers of all time, and we're still in the semifinals here glowing about Owen Hart, and his run really was not that long when you kind of break it down. So you're thinking 94, into 93, beginning 94, to essentially, I mean, he died in 99. So we're talking essentially five years. I got to pick Owen here. Owen is, he is a travesty to me that he never got one little run from his feud with Brett. It made sense. It would not have hurt Brett. It would have been an easy transition. I still stand by the fact that Owen Hart should have won at Survivor Series 94 and then lost it the next couple days later to Diesel. It would not have hurt that man. He still would be a chicken shit heel. He could still be in the upper mid-card to the main event status there. Rick Rude always will be my favorite heel of all time. Uh, as a kid, hearing his promos, uh, you uh, uh, Atlantic City Sweat Hogs, um, uh, that uh, that stuff resonates with me. Overall long run, storyline-wise, business-wise, Owen Hart makes more sense as champion than Rick Rude. I yield my time. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, two minutes on the clock. Go. Well, obviously Owen's going to win this, but I'm going to I'm going to argue for Rick Rude just for the sake of arguing for him. Rick Rude looks like a world champion, whether he had long hair or short hair. He just he looked like somebody. The thing that I think he has over Owen, and I do think this is something that absolutely should be taken into consideration is where could he have been world champion? Rick Rude could have been champion in WCW or in the WWF, there's no way Owen would have ever been WCW champion. Like that's just, it's just not possible. Like maybe if like he had been there in like 91 when, you know, there is no flair and like they needed someone to his heel to work with sting. Even then, like, I just don't, I just don't know that he would have been built up to the point where it would have made business sense to do it, but he could have filled that role in terms of like athletic ability and, all the peripheral stuff. Rick Rude, however, you could drop him into the pre-Attitude Era or even into the Attitude Era. You could have Rick Rude working against Austin. You could have him... Just think about this. Rick Rude versus The Rock. I, I think that could have been money right there just on promos, but it just wasn't meant to be. But I'll play devil's advocate, and I will say Rick Rude, even though, man, I love Owen, and I'd probably rather watch an Owen match... I yield my time. 
I want to I want to talk about something really quick. Oh. <clears throat> kind of um, when we, when I'm we were kind of talking about work rate, and that's not saying Rick Rude's not a, a fantastic wrestler. I feel like I've watched better more matches that were better overall from Owen Hart than I did watch matches better overall from Rick Rude. So that was part of my my decision in picking Owen Hart over Rick Rude. I also do believe that Rick Rude's gimmick, um, it did have a uh, time limit. I don't know if that's the right word. Um, but I don't think it would have carried over as well into the Attitude Era as it would have in the late 80s, early 90s. I'm going to disagree with you. I think they could have, I think he could have just turned it up. He could have been the Val Venus character. Well, the, the, my my first thought was Val Venus, but Val, to me, Val Venus would, is, didn't have as much charisma as, as Rude. Brandon has almost changed my mind here because you got I'm thinking a lot, well, what he said, you could drop Rude into WCW or the WWF and he could have been world champion. You can't see, I cannot see Owen Hart at WCW champion ever in any time period. Did we just become best friends? <laughs> I just, I, oh, I just don't know if I could change my vote, but geez, <laughs> it's just, it, that, that is the, the biggest argument he made there that, and I could see it in my head. Like you could put Rude anywhere and he could really be champion. You can't put Owen anywhere and him be champion. I, I just don't see it. Well, and well, here's another aspect too. Both men, had long hair and they cut their hair. Who had more success <laughs> after <laughs> and before? Um, and my and, and, and it does kind of it's a little bit different for me because I do know that Rick Rude he held the big gold and it's not necessarily considered the big gold, but Rick Rude held the big gold title to me. Owen Hart was never given any opportunity to hold a world heavyweight title. Yeah, thanks a lot, Shawn Michaels. <clears throat> Shawn Michaels and. Um, <laughs> I, I do I still I still stand by Rick Rude wearing the uh winged the winged eagle title is a beautiful image in my head. But to me, with the airbrush tights and and the the robe, I think it would be dated in the attitude era. He could have he could have switched things up. I'm talking about just the, the mindset of like, you know, well, of Rick Rude. Well, that, here, I mean it worked with DA. Well here's here's another thing too though. Rick Rude also had an old school wrestling mentality that they started to get out of towards the end of the in the, the end of the nineties. Well, As you know in, what? Uh, pulling the, a gun on Eric Bischoff. The late nineties probably needed a little more old, and, and old I'm not, school I'm not, mentality. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not denying that either. But I think Owen Hart constantly changing up. I think they flubbed it. He could have been um, a top babyface after the screw job, and it was all well implanted, and they didn't do anything with that. Brandon, as compelling as your argument is, <coughs> I'm going to stay Owen Hart. I'm not. I'm not mad about it. It's just, it's, but, it's, but when you said that about putting Rude in yeah. anywhere, and I agree absolutely. Yeah. Rick Rude. I mean, and, I mean, essentially, he did it to yeah. me. Essentially, Rude was the focal point of '92. You have Vader and Sting, and then you have the Dangerous Alliance. And who's the fucking leader of the Dangerous Alliance? Rick Rude. Mm-hmm. Rick fucking Rude. Gotta love the Dangerous Alliance. So good. '92 has been great watching through. All right, guys. Well, we've got uh, one one match left here in our semifinals, and this is going to be an interesting one. Um, Eddie, you're up first. Rowdy, Roddy Piper versus Big Scott Hall. Go. I gotta say, it's to me, it's a landslide. It's Roddy. Roddy 
everything we laid out um, title run wise, it all makes sense. It all makes money and it all progresses a storyline and leads eventually to Roddy Piper becoming a top baby face, which it happens in real life. And I think Piper getting the title run uh, makes more sense than Scott Hall getting the title run. Would would everybody have benefited from Scott Hall getting a title run in 96? I think so. I think him and Sean would have had great matches back and forth. But the same thing is, in the WWF, Razor would have been meant to chase the title against Sean because it's a babyface territory. Roddy Piper would have flipped the script and it would have been a heel as a champion in the WWF and he could have a lengthy run and it makes sense. So I, and and once again, Roddy Piper coming to WCW and feuding with Hogan, he should have took the title off him. If you're not going to put it on, you know, Sting's not going to be there. You already took, you know, Flair's not, you know, not necessarily in the title hunt. Um, Piper's the guy. He was over, despite what anybody might say. Piper was over in 96, even what Stone Cold said uh, in, in his promos. Age in the cage. Age in the cage. Um, <laughs> I personally think Roddy Piper uh, could have beat Hogan, been champion, and it led to a, a big rematch between the two and Hogan. Chicken shit heel, cheating, getting the win. And I would have been okay with that as well. Um, so, Roddy Piper, I uh, yield my time. All right. <coughs> Two minutes on the clock. It's up to me. Go. Obviously, it's Roddy Piper. And I'm going to keep this nice and short because I want to uh, I want to save some points I have for uh, the inevitable uh, finals of this hellacious tournament we've been going through. But... How many times did Scott Hall set attendance records? How many times did he uh, shoot the ratings up significantly? And if you can point those things out to me concretely, I'll eat my words. But you won't be able to. So I yield my time. Roddy Piper. Travis? Uh, it's pretty much decided here, but I am going to argue the point of Scott Hall just because I fucking can at this point. Um, I just think, man, if you look at Scott Hall, I think he could work better with anyone than Piper could. And that's no no knock on Piper. I just think Piper's style is more of an 80s style, and that's why it complimented Hogan when he got into the 90s. Um, Scott Hall, I feel like he could work with anyone, make it believable. He can make stars. Um, this may piss Brandon off here, but I feel like Piper was more of a selfish worker. It was all about Piper. Piper didn't want to put people over. He, he would DQ'd. He wouldn't take pinfalls, wouldn't take stuff like that. So you would have that backstage element to deal with Piper if he ever became a world champion. Whereas Scott Hall, he may have a more lackadaisical attitude, but he would born more... He'd been easier to work with, I guess you could say. Um, and the, just the match quality, I think, with Scott Hall would be better than Piper. Um, you look at the matches Piper had in WCW when he came in with the plastic hip and things of that na- nature. <laughs> they weren't the best. I agree with Austin. Age in the cage, that match with Hogan and Piper sucked dick. At, um, it was a Halloween Havoc, I believe it was. It was so terrible. Um but I just feel like there's more upside to Scott Hall as a champion, not to discredit all the things that Roddy Piper did. And I agree with Brandon in saying that he should have had a title run in the 80s. But the longevity, the better matches, and the potential of bigger houses and stuff in the 90s to the Attitude Era, I go with Scott Hall. 
All right, you changing your <coughs> you changing your uh, your uh, choice there, Eddie? <coughs> I think Travis made a great point. I'm not I'm not going to change it. I'm going to keep Piper, but I do think overall worker wise, um, and being willing to um, being willing to uh, to do business, I do believe Piper would be more difficult to do business with than Ho, uh, than Scott Hall. And I think part of that is just the mindset of those guys from that time period, mm-hmm. because you had to be selfish, or you lo- or else you get you get fucked. And I completely understand why they were like that. Um, do I think Piper and Hogan would have a, a masterclass match? Like you said, you their their styles complemented each other because he is more like an '80s wrestler. Am I gonna put any of Roddy Piper's matches in like technical wise in my top ten? No, but that's not Roddy Piper. That's not his. That's not his character. That's not how, not how he wrestles. However, him and Brett from WrestleMania Eight is on my is on our list for our podcast. And I, I but overall, the fact that he was equally as over as Hogan in Hogan's most over years makes me want to keep with Piper. And and I'm not saying I wouldn't have chosen <coughs> Piper. But oh, yeah. I, I really wanted the argument, the upside of Scott Hall there. I mean, he made it to the Final Four. There's a reason. Well, I mean, you, and, you made compelling arguments. I'm not, yeah, argue, I'm not yeah. arguing against uh, your arguments uh, entirely, <laughs> even though you are uh, factually incorrect about them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Coming up in our main event, we pit Rowdy Roddy Piper against Ravishing Rick Rude to declare. no. no. No, it's Owen Hart. Did Owen I did win? Not, I did not change my vote. I stayed with Owen. Oh my God! Well, I apologize. I am incorrect I, here. I almost changed. Let me vote. back that up. <laughs> Coming up in our main event, we pit Rowdy Roddy Piper versus the Rocket. <laughs> Owen Hart. I was a King of Hearts. That's King cool of Hearts to the declare nugget. an uncontested victor. <laughs> in in our tournament to, to decide who the best wrestler never to hold the world championship. But conceivably could have. But first, here's some messages from our sponsors. Do you love metal? Are you a nerd? Well, have I got the podcast for you. It's the Metal Thrashing Nerd Podcast. Hosted by me, Metal Thrashing Mike. And every episode, I'll be bringing you fans from the world of underground heavy metal. Just waiting for you to hear them. So go check us out on all major streaming services as the Metal Thrashing Nerd Podcast. This is it, Rant Army. The moment we've all been waiting for. Owen Hart versus Rowdy Roddy Piper to decide which best main event wrestler never to hold the world championship should absolutely have. Owen Hart versus Roddy Piper. I have the unfortunate task of being the first vote in this. Two minutes on the clock. Go. So, answer me this. Who's the only person to have appeared at the inaugural Starcade and the inaugural WrestleMania? Rowdy Roddy Piper. Answer me this. Of these two, who is the only one who could have been champion in the NWA? in WCW, and the WWF, Roddy Piper. Tell me this, who made the most money in professional wrestling of these two? Roddy Piper. Of these two, who had 
great success outside of the wrestling business because of his wrestling career, Roddy Piper. Of these two, who was popular all around the world without mainstream television, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Piper was the heel of the 1980s. And that's saying something in a decade that included Ric Flair, um, fuck, you know, Ted DiBiase, and on down the road, Terry Funk, and God damn it, man. No one got heat like Roddy Piper. No one sold more tickets than Roddy Piper, with the exception of Hulk Hogan from like 85 until probably 87. That is a statistical fact. Owen Hart was great, and we're not going to deny that. But Owen Hart, even if he had been champion, it would have been a law, a, a the long term uh, guy who brings you tickets consistently, but never major sales. When Roddy showed up, he had the, the good eye sense to go away and come back, but when he did, all eyes on him. Roddy Piper, best of all time. I yield my time. Ooh. There's no time to yield. <laughs> Travis, <coughs> two minutes on the clock. Go. Mrs. Brennan had a lot of great, great points there. I'm not going to lie about that. Um, and, man, I got to go Roddy Piper. Uh, I, as much as I love Owen Hart, we discussed it when we, we took a break there. Piper should have been champion in the era of Hulkamania, in the golden era. He should have been the guy to dethrone Hogan and then Hogan chase him. That, that's just the way it should have been. Um Brandon made a good point about ticket sales. Outside of wrestling, he was a movie star. All these things came from his ability in the wrestling ring to get noticed and his personality. Did Owen have that crossover appeal? Not necessarily. I feel like I feel like Piper is the quintessential guy that should have been world champion that never got the shot. He had everything you needed to be a world champion except maybe the backstage attitude, and he should have been world champion. Not to discredit anything Owen Hart did. He should have been a world champion in the 90s, but I really feel like the impact of being a world champion would have been bigger with Roddy Piper as world champion than it would have been of Owen Hart. Owen Hart would have just been a name on the list. Piper would have been an icon. Piper is an icon. He even had a shirt in WCW that said it. I don't even know what the freaking acronym <laughs> meant, but it's there. Um, I feel like a bigger deal and a bigger footprint on wrestling would have been Roddy Piper as world champion more so than Owen Hart, and that is the reason I'm going with Rowdy, Rowdy Roddy Piper. You have my time. Icon, I cower over no one. Motherfucker, that's what it stands for. It's a terrible acronym. Lame. That's almost like one warrior name. (laughs) 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 All right, Eddie, two minutes on the clock. Owen Hart, Roddy Piper, go. So I, I am gonna be the odd man out here. Um, I, I actually am gonna agree with you guys that it is Roddy Piper, and like you, like you were saying, Travis, we did discuss Roddy Piper should have been champion. There is no doubt about it. Um, I don't understand why. Um, I guess maybe they think that the track record was there with Hogan that there was no way that they were gonna not take the title off him because they're riding a wave. I completely understand that too. I get it from a business sense. You're making money hand over fist. 
Um, Vince's dad was never really a hill, um, a hill territory. Um, when you think back at Pedro Morales, you think back at um, Bruno San Martino, you think back at Bob Backlund, all babyface champions, all huge runs. Iron Sheik, short run. Uh, Ivan Koloff, short run. Um, Stan Hansen, or uh, sorry, uh, Stan Stasiak, thank you. Uh, short run. Uh, they're they're all uh, they're all transitional champions because of all of this, um, because of that territory. Owen Hart, though, you you said something that you know Piper is known outside of wrestling, but that's not what this necessarily is about to me. Um, if there's no outside of wrestling without even watching wrestling, then the, them being a champion makes no that has no bearing over that to me. I think overall Piper would have done more for the territory as champion. Would he been a pain in the ass to deal with as champion? Absolutely. And that's probably one of the reasons why he was not ever given that opportunity was because of that. Owen Hart, Travis said, you know, he would be just a name on a list. And I agree, but I think he was the mo- one of the most interesting storylines in 1994 into 95 was Owen and Brett. I think it, it could have rivaled even, you know, some of these other feuds, but in the long run, Piper deserved to be champion, and I think it's a misjustice that he wasn't. I yield my time. The only the only thing I want to comment on coming out of that is uh, the peripheral stuff. It absolutely is important, and if it wasn't, there wouldn't be such a emphasis on bringing in Mr. T and like things like that into the wrestling business. Crossover appeal is the wrestling business because. Your your fan base is going to stay there, like at a we'll say AEW levels to just to ruffle some ruffle some feathers. But at some point, if you don't have something that brings mainstream attention to you, whether it is Roddy Piper doing a movie or you know The Rock doing something, or God, I hate to even <coughs> say this, but bring in Mister T. Sometimes you have to have those peripheral things to get eyes on your product that wouldn't normally view it. Question for both of you, and kind of from that same a- aspect, do you think they brought in Mr. T and brought in all the Gaga because he did, they did not have enough faith in Hogan and Piper put it, bringing a house? I, I think at that point they needed MTV and all that, that connection. So the rock and wrestling thing was, uh, was absolutely a necessity. I just don't think that Mr. T needed to be in the match. No, 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 I agree. I agree with that. I'm saying, do you think he just, they did not have faith in Hogan and Piper being the draw? I think... It's not Hogan and Andre. Hogan and Andre obviously was the draw of WrestleMania 3. But do you think Vince just didn't see the draw in Piper? I don't think he didn't see the draw in Piper. I think he wanted as many eyes on the product as possible. I understand that. And I think that he wanted, he took those two guys because they were the biggest personalities in the industry... And they knew that people would latch on to those people. The mainstream people would latch on to those people when they saw them. I feel like Hulkamania was already well on its way at this point. But adding the rock and wrestling to it brought more eyes onto it, which then allowed them to do WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, like, wrestling big is one thing. And then there's, like, MTV, like, yeah. mainstream oh, media big. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's, that, that's what really, that's what separated the WWF from, like, every other company. Like, because I'll just to be flat out honest with you. I don't like a lot of the stuff from that era of WWF. I find it corny, and it, a lot of it just, the matches aren't good. But you can't deny that the presentation and the crossover appeal is much more palatable to probably 
a regular person than somebody that just kind of grew up in wrestling because they just love the the action of it. So I, I do have one more point to make about Owen and Piper here is once Piper got to the main event, he was never looked at anything less than a main event level guy. I agree with that. Owen went up and down the card depending on and, and, and that's the versatility of Owen Hart. But the thing of it is, he was never looked at as the star that Roddy Piper was. But but here's the thing with that too. It's it's two completely different eras in wrestling. Wrestling was hot in the fucking eighties, and Owen was was making waves in a time period when wrestling was not as hot. Well, then he had the Attitude Era, and they never put him as a main star. Yeah, and yeah. And, and 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 this is no knock against Owen. No. I mean, Owen is one of the big names of professional wrestling. He's always going to be dwarfed by his brother, and and then his brother, unfortunately, is dwarfed by you know Steve Austin and the Rock of that era. So it's just it's like this hierarchy that like there was a ceiling that was just near impenetrable, impenetrable. Like it was hard in the eighties when Hogan was there, but then when you get into the Attitude Era, you've got Mick Foley, you've got the Undertaker, you've got uh, Steve Austin and Triple H, and then like. It was just so much, so much uh, talent at the top that there just almost wasn't a spot for him. There was a couple of opportunities that they could have gotten him to that point, and I hate that they never did, especially considering the way that he, he left this world. Um, I don't know that like it would make him being dead any any less awful, but at least you know you could you could point to like he got to the top. He got to the top of his industry. And even though he didn't do that, um, he's going to go down in history as one of the best of all time. Absolutely a better wrestler than Roddy Piper. I would never argue that point. So fun, funny thing though, we didn't even talk about this, but both these guys are fucking, um, dungeon guys. Yeah. Uh, despite being, uh, hailed from Scotland, which he did live in for, for a short time. Roddy, Roddy is Canadian and, uh, he and the Hart family, they were very, very close um, almost considering themselves cousins uh, yeah, to and, to an extent, and that's why he he took Owen's death really hard and blamed a lot of that on Vince Russo. He did that on TNA television, and God bless him for it. Yes, um, but I I also have this. So I mean, like I mean, we all we all can justify saying Owen Hart deserved a title run as well, um, but Roddy deserved one more uh, in the long in the scheme of things. Would you say, or why would you say that they wouldn't have ran with Hogan? Piper in the cage at WrestleMania too, because we've never talked about that. I think I really, in all sincerity, I think that I think between Vince's mentality of let's continue on with what is working, not upset the cart. This is our our money maker. So why not have Piper also over here in another spot that's. Basically, it's the same. It's this almost the same situation as as Rock and Austin, where they're both essentially on the same level, but you can't have them face each other all the time. So, even though it is an abomination of of wrestling, having Roddy Piper against Mister T on paper probably did attract people to buy that pay per view. They probably didn't enjoy watching it. Um, although seeing Roddy throw throw a, a stool at him that was very satisfying, but this ultimately comes down to I, I think that Vince knew what he he wanted to continue down the road he was on, 
and Hogan is the master politician. So that's that's what it all came down to. Here's my question with that. Do you think if they continued to pit Piper and Hogan against each other, that the crowd would have started turning to Piper? Do you think that might have been part of the reason why they did it? Instead of Hogan. Um, well, it was already happening. Yeah. Um, in, in 86, he got voted most popular yeah. wrestler over over Hogan. And this is this is not a this is a kayfabe, uh, you know, not not a kayfabe uh, it's vote. A it's vote. it's a it's legit vote. Um, Piper was just too his personality was too big. It's so like the th- Jake syndrome almost. It's like people were attaching the Jake. They were getting tired of Hogan already. But yet again, to my point, I, I feel like that that could have given you options down the road. You know. Um, I mean, obviously, they were never going to turn Hogan heel in the WWF, no. even though it did prove very successful in, in WCW, but that's a different environment. They were making way too much money. So, um, I mean, Roddy turned turned face, and he had marquee matches throughout you know, the first you know, three WrestleManias. He took some time off to make They Live. Which and fucking rules. It does. I saw it, 35th anniversary uh, in theaters pretty recently. It still holds up. But every time Piper came back, he was greeted warmly. The crowd fucking loved him. And it did not matter if he was in the first match or if he was in the main event. He got the main event treatment Yep, because he was a star. It's as simple as that. We glossed over it at first, but you easily could have done Piper... And Flair at fucking WrestleMania eight for the title, and that crowd would dude, I would crazy. Dude, you want to talk about coming so hard that I break my zipper? <laughs> I, that it would have not have been a great technical wrestling match. Although Flair and Piper had some good matches yes. in mid not mid south, but um in mid Atlantic, but Flair. Flair could have gotten a good match out of almost anybody, and Piper is super underrated. And I feel like he—he's sort of like Terry Funk, and he has such a an interesting way of working um, that you really could get a good match out of him with the right opponent. But it was going to be an unorthodox kind of match. Um, keep it keep it short, you know, and uh, have a have a good rivalry to, to build up the heat and you can get something good out of Piper, but no, he's not going to go out there and have a five-star classic no. like Owen Hart would with nearly anybody you worked with. It's another feud that never really got a proper blow off. Yeah. It's him and Rude. Well, Piper and Rude were feuding there for a while. They even had a couple of cage matches that were on Coliseum videos and stuff. You can look them up and find them. But like, that was a feud. Piper was the well, baby face. Rude was the heel and everybody was invested. Well, here, here, never did it. Here's the thing too, because when you think, I'm just thinking about WrestleMania 8 right now and 92. Piper is feuding with Flair all throughout the end mm-hmm. of 91. Survivor Series, all that's going on. And he's kind of doing stuff with Hogan as well. They're, they're teasing they're going to do Hogan and Flair. Mania, they don't do it obviously. But we never get an official end to Piper and Flair's little feud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there was just there was just so much shit going on behind the scenes of like Hogan's retiring warrior. And a warrior. Yeah. But then on top of that, uh you never really got the end of uh Savage and Jake. Necessarily what you didn't really get the end of it. They had their one match at Tuesday in Texas, and then they continued to feud at the Royal Rumble in the Royal Rumble match. Well, I, I said this earlier, like to me the biggest missed opportunities in that golden era of the WWF is WrestleMania seven and WrestleMania eight. That two-year period, you could have had arguably some of the best matchups ever. Because in WrestleMania 7, nobody gives a shit about the main event. I mean, Savage and Warrior is a good match. I would have rather have had that as the main event. 
But come on, Hogan and Sergeant Slaughter. I love GI Joe, but Sergeant Slaughter should not have been in the main event of WrestleMania. But I mean, you throw somebody chic tugboat. Yeah, chic tugboat <laughs> may be even worse. <laughs> um, but there's there's so many opportunities of guys you could have thrown in there. But WrestleMania Eight ultimately that is the like. How did Savage and Jake not have their blow off there? How did Hogan and uh, you know and Flair not have their blow off? Or, or you know, Hogan and or, Taker necessarily don't even have a blow off either because they never have a rematch after Hogan. Hogan played. eliminates Taker in that Rumble, and that's yeah. like the blow off. Then he turns babyface yep. and feuds with Jake. Yep. So you're telling me Piper versus Flair, Savage versus Jake, and Hogan versus Taker wouldn't draw up Mania? I I think that um, or Sid Justice or I mean, where Sid Justice fit in there? Not with Hogan. But the thing I is, like that was a cool I, 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 I watched it was because I watched um, him debut. And when he debuted, Taker came out, and Sid got fucking over like Grover. He was over as a babyface. Well, Sid Sid looked like like a main event guy. He uh, he had a caveman brain and uh, said some stupid stuff and and, and broke his leg on occasion. But, but, but I but I always pop for Sid yeah. shitting in darkness. darkness. So guys, uh, softball in December. But but yeah, I mean I I'm I'm full in on Piper. Uh, Piper could have won the title at WrestleMania eight as well. And then you could have done something with uh, potentially, you know, him and somebody else and then getting the title off him later because Flair or him and Flair could have kept feuding throughout the, you know, the fucking year. Um, But he should have been champion. Absolutely. This has been so much fun. And it's, man, it's also been really incredibly hard. It's actually harder than I thought it was going to be in some of these. And it, it went in directions I didn't expect it to go through. Um, There's so many great professional wrestlers uh, that weren't, included in this because we only had 16 spots. So I think it'd be kind of cool if we all kind of picked our own uh, honorable mention. Uh, Travis, did you come up with anybody that should have been world champion that wasn't in our Sweet 16 but could have been maybe thrown into that mix? Yeah, and I'm going to go more from a modern era. It was a guy suggested for the tournament. Um, I'm going to go Wade Barrett, man. I feel like in that, that time period with the Nexus right on through his feud with Orton in like 2012, there was a lot of opportunity for Wade Barrett to be a world heavyweight champion. Um, they bungled it with Cena and him at SummerSlam. And then there was that opportunity where he could have beat Orton at Survivor Series that year when he's still the Nexus leader and they had Cena as the guest referee for the main event. I feel like they could have got to the point where Barrett wins the belt and then somehow Cena gets out of Nexus and then he challenges Wade Barrett and then, Barrett gets that title run. I mean, that that era of Wade Barrett, right on up through Bad News Barrett, man, I feel like there was there was ample opportunities there uh, for him to be world champion. I mean, he put on classic matches with uh, Randy Orton on um, uh, SmackDown. They had a last-man-standing mm-hmm. match that was really, really good. Um, I just feel like after the Nexus, they didn't really know what to do with him. He'd get main event pushes and he'd fall back down. He was injury-prone Yeah, he caught well. his elbow. He, yeah. and he fucked his elbow up, and I know... He was slated, I believe, to face Randy Orton at that year's WrestleMania, and he fucked his elbow up. Yep. I, I feel like he could have been <coughs> champion in 2010-2011, that era. I feel like when they broke up the Nexus and made the core and the new Nexus, that was kind of the downturn of uh, Wade Barrett. I, I have two. I'm kind of cheating a little bit. Uh, my, my first one is Jerry Lawler. Yep. Now, technically, Jerry Lawler was AWA champion, but it, it obviously didn't mean shit when he had it. You can't you can't understate how big an angle the stuff with um, 
uh, shit. What's his name? Oh my god, uh, Kaufman, Andy Kaufman. Kaufman. Oh, yeah. That was mainstream uh, media on wrestling at a time that you know pre rock and wrestling. You know, so he, the guy was a incredibly huge star, especially within Tennessee and the South, Louisiana and Oklahoma and those areas. Um, the one knock against him is that because he was such a big uh, star in his area, he never really branched out too far from it. But there was one opportunity where he easily could have become WWF champion or WWE champion, and it was against The Miz. Yep. Good match. Yep. That, match. That was right. a great match. And Michael Cole it, fucked it. They, they could have done it. They could have given him a little token run and then put it right back on him. But, you know... Good job, Miz. I don't hate the Miz, but that, I think that would have been a really cool moment. My my second one, and this is one that I, for obvious reasons, never happened. But uh, I was such a fan of Nigel McGuinness, and yeah, R O H champion. But to me, that doesn't that doesn't count. When he got put in TNA, mm-hmm. and they were Desmond, du- Wolf. Desmond Wolf, and they he was consistently voted. By the fans. By the fans as the guy that they wanted to be put in that position. And, like, they basically sabotaged him. And then, of course, the stuff with uh, hepatitis. And he was snake bit. But he had... There was so much untapped potential there. Natural talker. Looked like a million bucks. He was different. So he had elements to him that I think that would have attracted a modern audience, but he also has sort of an old school mentality to him. I think he was just the best of both worlds, and obviously he's um, succeeded in you know being a color commentator and stuff like that. But man, what could have been to me? He's the modern Magnum TA. Like I agree. what he could have been. Eddie, who's your honorable mention? Um, I have two, and I I think. You could have slated Doctor Death Steve Williams as an NWA champion. God damn right, you could have. Big goals. Uh, I've, I've fallen in Technically love. Technically, he's a UWF I mean, champion, but right, we yeah. don't. We don't um, accept that. I, I think to me, watching back a lot of that stuff, and we were talking about it in the, when I was riding around with you today, Brandon. We were doing some antiquing, um, but we. Uh, I was like, you know, the, he was fucking great, and. I love the fact with our podcast that we've been doing, I've got to watch matches like Nick Bockwinkle, getting re familiarized with Nick Bockwinkle, how great of a wrestler that he was. So and, smooth. And, yeah, and just amazing. And then watching Terry Gordy and Steve Williams and, and guys like I didn't really grow up a whole lot watching and getting to see them, I, I think he was one. I think he could have been NWA champion. I don't think the WWF title ever would have been anywhere close to him. Um, it, <coughs> if he hadn't been injury prone, I mean, the idea was for him and Steve Austin and to I work. Think that's bullshit. I mean, I mean, I know that's like the, the like what they had planned, but to me, it wouldn't have worked. I don't. Th- I don't think he would have won, but I think he could have been in the mix at least for a while. Uh, and then my other one um, is Brian Pillman. We were talking about him. If Pillman would have went to the WWF healthy before he got into his uh, his car well, accident, you can you can thank Jim Hurd for him not getting put in the title because yeah. t- Flair was like, I'm gonna fucking make thank this guy fucking. He's he looked at. Him like he looked at Sting, yeah, and you could have easily uh, catapulted him. And if you go back and watch, I mean, we've talked about it, you know, with Wrestling Ruined and WCW '95. Pillman's having fucking bangers, man. He has a banger with Alex. Alex Wright and him have a banger at Great American Bash in '95, and it fucking ruled. And I was not expecting it, um, but he 
going to uh, ECW and having the, those fucking promos, working everybody, saying he's going to take whip his dick out and take a piss. He was slated, and he would have been a fucking megastar during the Attitude Era. When he came back, and he actually started wrestling in 97, 90, late 96, early 97, he was a shell of himself. He was not the same Brian Pillman. And you would have had that uh, that Brian Pillman in, w, in ECW uh, in the WWF taking on Steve Austin. It's a fucking tailor-made feud. They've worked together. They're friends. You could have seen him have a run sometime against Austin and win the title back from Austin. Or Austin winning the title back. I, I don't disagree with that at all. I, I He's another what-if because he he was the perfect guy for that time. He had amazing. He, he was right ahead of the curve of like where the direction things were going with the quote unquote attitude era. So yeah, he, he absolutely would have been a major player within that. I mean, once the rock showed up, I mean, he probably would have slid yeah. down the card, but he could have been a major component in Austin's first run with the title. Yeah, Cause you got to think when Austin pretty much starts his run, the only person he really has a feud with it's Taker, Kane, and Foley, that's it. He yep. eventually gets, you know, you know, with The Rock, because they're holding that off on intentionally, and I understand why they're doing that. But you mean to tell me Brian Pittman and him wouldn't have had some fucking killer banger matches in fucking 90s? Well, they, they kept going back to the <coughs> the Mick Foley well, you know, probably yeah. too many times out of necessity because, they, because they were holding off on the big blow-off. But, yeah, throw Pillman in there, that would have been great. I mean... And you gotta look at it. There's numerous people we talked about for this list, like uh, Dean Malenko, uh, Paul Orndorff, uh, Big Boss Man, even King, even King Kong Bundy. Orndorff is another one. Um, I think the same same with Piper around that time period would have been good for him to get a, a, a shitty win, take the title off Hogan, he wins it back. Yep. I mean, I'm actually surprised that Orndorff never got like an IC title run because I mean he was super popular. He really, essentially, he just got the TV title, didn't he? Yeah, in, in WCW, WCW. Hey, well, they won the tag, tag titles with Pretty Wonderful. Fuck off, Paul Roma's not going to be talking about this fucking podcast. But I mean, there's there's the potential, man. There, you could make a whole another bracket of people um, if you really look at it. Like a biggest what if in WWE is is Mr. Kennedy. I know he won the TNA title. God, dude, that's but, another one. I didn't like, even think about yeah, that. He wins the TNA title, which I know that you know, you know, it's weird. Podcast, I, I know, but. I know, we're kind of steering out kind of all over the place, but. You know, the rise of Mr. Kennedy and the rise of L.A. Knight are so fucking similar. Just as long as he doesn't do steroids or or get hurt. Or, or, or hurt, hurt somebody else. Don't, don't Orton. hurt Randy Orton or piss off John Cena. He'll be gold. <laughs> He's doing good so far. I'm a, I'm a big L.A. Knight fan. I loved him back when he was Eli Drake. Um, Dummy. Yeah. So, yeah. before we close up shop, I need you both to tell my listening audience, the Rant Army, what wrestling recommendations has going on in your neck of the woods. Wrestling recommendations, guys. Uh, myself and Travis, we we ventured out on our own. We want to do this our own little podcast. Um, so what we've done is we compiled a list of wrestling masters that we think kick ass. Uh, we've gotten together with Brandon. He's he's added some stuff to the list. Um, we I mean essentially this stuff goes back to 1977. I think the first match on there is Dusty Rhodes and um, Superstar Billy, Billy Graham, and then all the way up to just a couple you know a couple like a week ago. So we're constantly adding to our list, and then what we do is uh, when we cover a show um, at the end of that episode, we put that name into a randomizer, our Will of Destiny, uh, and it randomizes it, spins, whatever it lands on, that's what we cover. So each week, we don't know what the following week's episode is going to be. So it, it keeps us on our toes. It's fun to research, and you learn about all these different things, like this 
this past week's episode that we recorded. Lord knows when this is going to be aired, um, but we did uh, Terry Gordy and uh, Dr. Death Steve Williams from the UWF in 1987, and it's fucking, wild. it's fucking wild. It's a great match, but it's not a match I would necessarily would have watched if I we wouldn't have put it on the list. So we go through, we do research, and we talk about the match and do a watch-along, and Brandon was actually on one of our past episodes uh, recently. Yeah, offered Travis a title shot, and he didn't accept it because he's lame. I, I accepted it, but Brandon never gave me a time and date. But uh, <laughs> You said you had to go somewhere. <laughs> we, with this list right now, we have over 300 matches on it, so we have plenty of material it's like for, 300 for years. and like five matches yeah. right now, and we are, we are already... 54 episodes yep. deep into this. Well, you're doing you're year. doing these episodes weekly. We do them weekly. We yeah. just we just celebrated a year. We've only missed one episode in a year in a year's time. So. Don't get any ideas, Rant Army. I'm not pumping out an episode every fucking week. <laughs> it works. It's hard our, enough to do two episodes. It it's our, hard enough to do one episode. It works a month. with our schedule. Um, and then we've ran into an issue, a couple issues where um, a couple like Bret Hart. We've covered so many Bret Hart matches because he's one of our favorites, and he's on. He has a lot of matches. So on you the could list. you could do an entire podcast just on. And, Bret and it's, and it's hard because we want to keep you informed about what you know is leading up to that match. Well, then, like, we did King of the Ring 93 with Bret Hart and did his whole run. But then a couple of weeks after, or a, month, a couple months after, we did Razor and Bret from the Royal Rumble, which was prior, which we kind of already talked about leading into that. Yeah. So you got to get creative. But we do find, like, little promos and stuff that aren't real well known, and we add them to the episode so you can kind of listen to some stuff that you may never even heard before. Well, and in the research, we find even more <laughs> matches. I mean, Eddie found a fatal four-way match from SmackDown oh, on so number good. one contender here with uh, Edge, Chris Benoit. He, His he, name's Stevie I'm Richards. Sorry, Stevie Richards. Uh, <laughs> uh, Eddie Guerrero and Edge. 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 Eddie His name is Adam Copeland. Yeah, okay. And Kurt it was it was a tremendous match. Um, but we had technically already covered up to Royal Rumble 2003, so like it got it had to get creative in that. So that's how Eddie found that match. So, um, it, it, and that's the glory or uh, the what the beauty of watching wrestling is. You can go back and. You may have watched something when it happened, but you haven't seen it in twenty years. Yeah, especially something that's aired like on television, like on Raw or SmackDown, because they they put so much content out. There's so many matches every week that you might see a fucking great match, but then you're on to the next week or the next show, and you're like, oh, I, you know, it kind of slips your mind. So some, especially having like stuff like Peacock now and and you know YouTube and Daily Motion, you can go back and watch these things and be like, oh shit, yeah, this match was good. I, I remember this match now. So it's pretty cool, and it, it actually helps our podcast out quite a bit. Well, and and uh, Brandon also inspired uh, what we call the Lene's Mountie Mark of the Week, uh, which is pretty much a cuckster, uh wrestling fan that uh, shits on uh, good matches. Um, we had a guy that rated. Uh, Brett versus Owen Hart. A zero. Steel, Steel Cage at SummerSlam 94. A zero out of ten. Uh, and we shit all over him. And he can go fuck and, us that, and, and, and me, as jaded as I am, and how I, I hate, I hate the escape rule in cage matches. And not even I can shit upon that match because it is Correct. pure poetry. And <sighs> man, it, it's just fun to go down memory lane and see some of these matches and find things... Uh, um, and like Eddie said, we, we got, uh, input from Brandon. We've got input from our buddy, Eric, uh, Scott, fat fuck Scott has put in some matches. Uh, so, and the guys from the wrestling purist podcast have put in matches as well. So it's very much a collaborative effort on this list. Um, we, we scoured the internet for top 10 lists and top 100 lists just to, just to find things that maybe we didn't know about that we should watch. Just, just out of curiosity. And, and I don't want to drag you guys on too long, but 
of the episodes that you've done, if you if you had to say this is this is a uh, probably our best episode, what what do you what do you think? Where where do you where do you want the ears of the rant army to land on wrestling recommendations? The mo- the most popular episode that we have download wise is the Miracle Violence Connection, which is Gordy and Williams versus the Steiners, due to Jim Ross retweeting and stuff. Uh, personally, my favorite episode that we've done is the Bret Hart King of the Ring episode, just because I loved researching Bret Hart telling Hulk Hogan to go fuck himself. It's such an um, that 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 series of matches. It's all the little things that really tells the story. And when you watch them back to back to back, it's even better. Until you watch uh, Bret Hart's DVD and you see the, the exact same match with a. Uh... Bam Bam Bigelow in Spain. Oh well, let's let's not let uh, <laughs> what, reality what, get in the way of a good story. What would you What would you say is is probably if you if you could suggest? I would I would say one of my favorite episodes, and just because of the response it got, and it's just kind of surprising was uh, Kurt Hennig versus Nick Bogwinkle. AWA is a it's hour number long, two. It's hour long draw. Um, I hadn't watched that match since the Mr. Perfect DVD came out. I I could watch those guys wrestle forever, and it's great. And just the response that we got from it because. It's a AWA match. We didn't. Nobody has we co- didn't really, really covered that. Really didn't expect a lot of people to like hone in on that. But like he said, it's our number two most downloaded episode. Um, I had fun covering it, and it was fun to dig into the AWA and then what Kurt Henning was doing because it's very different from what he does as Mr. Perfect. And then you're seeing Nick Botwinkle kind of towards the tail end of his career, but he's still putting on classic matches. So, um, and it was also cool to see AWA in the showboat. Uh, so. In Vegas, so it was kind of cool to see how that came about, and just the ESPN relationship and things that were happening around that time. So it's it's fun, man. You find out things you didn't really know existed or hadn't watched them forever. So it's good to see that. So People let see let everybody know where they can track you guys down at at Wrestling Recommendations. It's uh you can find us on spot pretty much any podcast platform. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Twi- uh, TikTok. At Wrestling Recommendations and on Twitter at Wrestling Recom R E C O N. It's called X now. Oh, yeah, whatever the fuck. X. Uh, TikTok has been very viable. Uh, I actually told uh, Fat Tony that you really should invest some time into it to promote. I don't. You will get. I will learn. It's really easy. I don't man. know how to do it. I need somebody else to do it. Also, uh, fuck Fat Tony. Yeah, fuck you, Tony. Yeah, fuck you. And fuck Judd. Uh, also, uh, <laughs> just, just a quick, just a quick shout out to. Uh, the guys over there at Bleeding John, uh, they really cover uh, John Moxley bleeding on AEW television. Um, it's fun to keep up with those guys. Uh, it sucks right now because Moxley is out with a concussion, but you know that's what happens when you blade and get hit over the head a lot. So um, shout out to those guys. Uh, I'll I'll leave us on on something I just uh, read about John Moxley uh, pretty recently. I thought it was pretty funny, but like when he gets pegged, he um, fucking blades. <laughs> so <laughs> I've heard that. So I've heard that allegedly. He's hardcore. He's hardcore. All right. Before we close up shop, I need all of you out there to go and subscribe to my buddies here at Wrestling Recommendations. They put out great stuff. I've been on some episodes, so if you enjoy hearing me talk about wrestling, you're gonna hear them talk about wrestling more passionately, more in-depthly. And I think that's going to close us up for this episode. We'll be back soon with an all-new, in-depth retrospective. So stay tuned for that. Till then, subscribe to the Rants from the Black Lodge podcast on one of the many platforms we're available on, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and pretty much everywhere else. Don't forget to stop by our webpage at JuicyKruger.com. Follow us on social media at Rants Black Lodge. And for the love of Cthulhu, buy a t-shirt. A mug or a sticker from our web store at rantarmy.com. For Eddie and Travis, this is Brandon A. Lane signing off. Till next time, Rant Army, keep marching. Fuck Tony. <laughs>